Welcome to episode 44 of the Friday Nightmares podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Halloween fun. This is going to be just a fun old episode. I am one half of your hosting team, Heather Powell, coming to you today from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as always, is Mr. Spooky Smoke Show Crawford. Coming to you from the haunted town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy, fully vaxxed, waxed, ready to climax, and if you can please get me wet, feed me after midnight, and please give me lots of candy. Yeah, but certain kinds of candy. All the candies. I thought you only liked specific kinds of candy like sour well, candy. i do but I, yeah yeah I, sour candies <laughs> tart candies fruit candies really what you're saying is that you're easy on the candy and you'll take whatever you can get yeah i was gonna say like I, i'm not a big fan of chocolate but at the same time i'm not gonna turn down to- chocolate who turns down chocolate really it's true uh we Especially had a reese's peanut butter cups no, 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 no. funny story about reese's peanut butter cups so last night I was at a little campfire. My friend Anne had a fire at her place and my other friend Amber, her kids came over um, and Liam brought another Liam. So Liam is 12. Liam, who does the intro song for us for our podcast, brought a, a little friend with him and we were doing some mores in the backyard with the fire. And Amber brought two types of chocolate bars and bought Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cups and other chocolate and what we were doing is she also bought ice cream cones and she was putting the Reese's peanut butter cup inside the ice cream cone and putting the marshmallows in there and then wrapping it up in tinfoil and cooking it on the fire oh my gosh yeah when you come up here we'll have to do that that sounds (laughs) amazing it was really good um it was very popular with the children and the big children. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, we had a variety of chocolate bars. Like Amber bought the new M&M ones where the M&Ms are embedded in the chocolate bar. And then there was like Swiss chocolate. And then there was like just regular milk chocolate. Like it was it was like a chocolate smorgasbord. And we had mini marshmallows, big marshmallows. Like we went all out. Like these kids were spoiled. Back in like when I was a kid, it was like, Here's some cheap chocolate, some marshmallows, right. some graham crackers. Go at it. These kids had like a, a smorgasbord of toppings to choose from. But we had a really, really good time. And Aurora, who is the youngest, she's uh, going to be six on January 1st, was allowed to stay up past her bedtime. Ooh. So I'm sure that today was a really great day for Amber. She was also <laughs> experiencing The Exorcist 1973 with her daughter, who was probably acting very similar. Um, 
the screaming and other such things where it doesn't make accidents on the floor but she is definitely we'll say quick-witted with the words she comes up with and the response oh boy. she has to things so yeah that was really fun and you got something fun planned as we you know this will be released on october 29th it will be released the weekend of halloween what are your plans for this sunday scotty well, uh, it's either this Sunday or next Friday. It hasn't been mm, officially yeah, confirmed them. yet, but oh, um, yeah. either way, it'll be just in time for the spooky season. But I'm, <laughs> I am actually going to be going to a haunted house, Exit Thirteen, the one that I talked about on our haunted attractions episode back in the day. Yeah. And apparently, it's been about ten years since I've been there, and apparently, they've re-renovated everything and made it bigger. They added like a bar into it and a couple nice. other things. So. Yeah, I'm, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, hope like I didn't have actually any plans to do anything seasonal this uh, Halloween, but I'm finally meeting up with uh, someone that actually likes to do this stuff. And you have a friend. Yes, I will just say straight up say it, a date. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> you hear that, ladies? You're missing your opportunity. Yeah. Um, smoke show is desirable. And this and this uh, date um, individual really does like horror movies, too. Like yeah. she's really into horror movies and uh she's really excited for exodus right yes exit 13 oh exit exit 13 yep so it's called exit 13 okay yeah yeah and then i think we're also going to try hitting up a uh apple orchard that has like a wine so white so white (laughs) oh it is you're gonna wear a scarf maybe we have to say we're gonna probably go and do some wine tasting as well that day at the orchard they have all different kinds of hard ciders too so we have to try some of those so yeah we'll see like i got we got some possible fun plans coming up for me before halloween hits well i'm just pulling up exit 13 experience the largest most extreme house of horrors around um about let's see what it is about let's see what scotty's walking into this year we're back with even more terror the attractions have been completely renovated and expanding expanded bringing you all new horrors around every turn those brave enough to enter will be taken on an unparalleled journey into their deepest fears think you have what it takes to survive we dare you to get we dare you to get off at exit 13 your destination for terror Ooh, and I and you say there's a bar that really got my interest. Yeah, but I, like I'm not sure if it's actually like a bar bar, but like they did say you can buy like beer and stuff like and uh, just chill and have a drink afterwards. Mm. So I'm assuming it might be like a little bar section or something. That's exciting. And how long do you know it, it's how long it takes for you to get through it? Or I have no clue. Uh, when I went through it the last time, I'd say it was about 20 minutes. But like I say, it's been about 10 years or so. So it's been it's hard for me to remember it all. But well, just so you know, what happens if I get too scared inside the haunt? You know, in case you get too scared and Mandy has to take you out. <laughs> um, yes, there are several emergency exits throughout the attraction that you may exit from at any time. However, once you leave the attraction, there will be no refunds issues and you may not re-enter without um purchasing a new a new uh ticket now here's another thing will things touch me yes so you better be ready to be touched oh i'm Um, always ready to be touched right how long is the wait depends on when you go i want to see how long it is how long does it take to go through times will depend okay so they don't really say i guess it depends how fast you run through it <laughs> right and like when it comes to are. the whole touching thing i hope the haunts the haunters are ready to be touched back 
Oh uh, yeah, Scott's gonna be. They're gonna be fucking scraped out. The haunts are gonna be like. So the haunters are gonna be like. So there's this dude. Um, he's a little handsy. He, um, he, he just kind of came in and took over the haunt, and now he's the one haunting us. This like, is it's this a little, is messed up. What a great horror film, actually. Right? <laughs> the haunters become the haunted. There you go, Bloomhouse. We got a film for Boom. you for Halloween 2022. Um, I am going to a pumpkin patch tomorrow as well. Also super white. Um, I plan on wearing high boots, a scarf, uh, bringing a Starbucks and taking a picture by the pumpkins. Oh, uh, so white. Representing the white basic bitch that I'm proud of myself and being. And there is a little haunted house there. We'll see if Aurora is brave enough this year to go through. Is this the one you went to last year? Yes, the spooky barn. Yeah. Which was actually pretty spooky for like... Because that's the one you were talking about that you went to the haunt part yourself just to see how scary it was. Yeah, I went by myself to see how it was. It was definitely too scary for her. Um, It was scary for me. I, (laughs) yeah, I'm not great at things jumping out at me. I'm not scared that something is going to happen to me. I'm just a very edgy, jumpy person. Yes, you are uh, prone to being startled. Yes, I get startled very easily. And, you know, I found when I went to the haunt earlier this year, when I go to other haunts, because I startle so easily, um, haunters will follow me Mm -hmm. because they think that like they've startled me once and they think, but like, I'm not, I don't actually think they're going to hurt me. Like I'm not actually scared scared of them. You know what I mean? So sometimes they get real disappointed because they follow me for a bit and I just don't react to it. Like right. I see them there and I'm like, okay, you can follow me all you want. Um, but because I startle so, so quickly, but this doesn't have actual haunts and uh, haunters in it. It's just um, robots and, you know, pyrotechnics. and Right. Stuff, right. So, and then I also bought a solo ticket to Frightmares, which is the convention that occurs up here in Niagara Falls. So I'm going to go down Friday night by myself. And I'm going to check out the makeup demonstration that's going to be going on. There's a magic show and just see what the vendors have to offer. There's like CJ Graham will be there. And um, Um, the one that's going to be there, because you sent me a link and I was looking through the guests and I was like, oh, that is awesome. But uh, Stephen Kostansky, the director of Psycho Gorman and The Void. And yeah, that is awesome. And I mean, it's and that's totally Canadian because he is a Canadian filmmaker. So I was like, that is freaking sweet. Well, and if you were able to come we would get a picture of you with him oh if hell you yeah wanted right i'm not a big person for meeting celebrities i don't know what i would say like i'm be like i think that you make good movies like i just <laughs> feel and then to get a picture with them like i i don't care like i think it's cool that people do do that stuff and i think it's awesome it's just for me i just don't have really any motivation to do it just seeing them in the room is good enough for me like just right, seeing like, that they're there and hearing them talk like at a panel or something is good enough for me yeah and you know me i'm like a i'm a shut a bit of a shutter bug take pictures of everything so like having yeah. photos with the celebrity it's just like a memory keepsake that i can have well it's a, val- cool. it's a value for you right yeah. and like that's totally cool that's your thing um for me it's more or less like i just like to look at the vendors and what the vendors have and i'm happy to go by myself because i can take my time yes you know with the exception of scotty um like there's not a lot of people that like horror movies as much as we do now right. scotty can cross the border now and our borders have officially opened even more the travel ban's been list- lifted in canada nice. and we can canadians now can come across the united states border land border yeah i was gonna say the land border yep that's awesome 
So, but unfortunately, there is still the COVID testing, which prevents Scotty and I from visiting each other probably as much as we would like. Like in a perfect world, if there was no COVID testing, Scotty probably could have come up this Halloween weekend. We would have gone to the convention and he would have come and ripped it up on Devil's Night with me and my friends. But unfortunately, because we have to get COVID tests, he only has to get one coming in. I don't think he has to still get one going back. As far as I know, uh, it's still the same that way. Right. So, you know, it's extra money that like you have to budget aside for, which is why we're looking at a New Year's trip, because, you know, it's a couple months from now, a little bit more affordable. Um, so, yeah. So since if you can't go with someone that's really into it, you know, I feel awkward. Like, I feel like I'm keeping them there and they're bored. Yeah. And you're almost you know feel like I mean? you're dragging them around for right? you. For me, right? So I'm like, well, it's Friday night because the next day I'm recording Slumber Party Massacre in the morning and then I'm going to the Devil's Night at Absence. I'm like, why wouldn't I just take me? It starts at five. I'll leave work a little early, head out there. And if I spend an hour to two hours or three hours, like however long I spend, I spend. And then I come back, right? Like it's just me going. And I could always video chat Scott and Brandon if I really felt the need to like share something with them. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say, because I've done Motor City Nightmares by myself a couple of times, like, granted, I met up with people that I knew from the convention, like, just Mm. constantly being out there. So it was a little different, because I'd meet them at the bar, have a couple drinks, and then we'd wander off, and I'd go do my own thing. But I know some people that go there by themselves, uh, and then are in and out of there within an hour, hour, because they just kind of zoom through all the vendors, and they leave. Where me, I'm just like, yeah, I'll stay a while and just kind of browse everything every vendor has, kind of take my time, look around, then... My way of doing it at the convention, so I don't blow all my money, like, first thing, is walk around, look at all the vendors, see what everyone has to offer. Yeah, and then go back. in my mind, decide what I want, kind of go back around and pick what I want to buy. Yeah, I do the same thing. I think we did that. Oh, God, it feels so long ago that we went to a convention together. It's literally two years ago. But I remember us doing that at, uh, what was the one we went to? Astronomicon. Astronomicon. We did do that. We walked around because I bought that really cool necklace. Yep. Um, One of my most prized possessions that I've ever purchased, actually. That that necklace is badass. And I'm glad I I convinced you to spend the money on it. (laughs) You did. You really, like, I really, like, was, you know, I don't like buying stuff. I'm more about experiences, not things. Probably why I don't like why I went buy a picture with somebody is because right. my experience would be just talking to them. Like I don't need a picture to criminate, like to remember I was there, right? Like just being able to listen to them talk is enough for me. Um, but yeah, no, that's really that's a really good point. So anyway, bottom line is Scotty's not here. So <laughs> Scotty was here, we probably would go together. Yeah, um, definitely. but Scotty's not. So maybe next year when borders are a little bit looser, if I have a good time at Frightmares and I think it's worth it for Scotty, especially if they have it Halloween weekend. Um, and Scotty comes up and we rip it up on the Saturday night too, going out to party at absence because Scotty's like besties with all the drag queens and <laughs> like <laughs> totally made himself at home talking to everybody. So and I think you had a good time that Friday, that Saturday night. At, no, at not at all. <laughs> but you did. You became <laughs> yeah. friends with half of the drag queens. Didn't you add them on your Facebook account? Uh, just a, well, a, one of the regulars that shows up to all the drag shows I friended and then, uh, but I did. I don't know if uh, they actually listen or not, but I did get a tell a couple of the drag queens about our show and they were big horror movie fans and they wrote it down and everything. So I don't know if they ever actually ended up finding us and listening. And if so, hello and thank you for listening. (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, you know what? You might see them again because they'll be there New Year's. Um, Right. They usually, this bar does like a whole club night 
drag show night. So it goes back and forth between a live band, a DJ, and queens performing. And it is just, man, is it a party. Um, I can only So, imagine. yeah, so Scotty will be up for that at least. But yeah, so I'm excited for that and for Devil's Night. And I bought tons of candy. I bought peanut-free candy. I bought regular candy and then gluten-free candy for all the little celiacs that exist out uh-huh. there. Yeah, more near and dear to my heart. And I bought a lot because we get a lot of kids. Yeah, um, I was like, like, I think you and I get about the same amount of kids. Like, yeah, like our areas are like the go-to trick-or-treating areas. Yeah, because um, and you're probably me, your friend will come over this year and help you hand out candy. I believe she's uh really you know looking forward to that if it's possible if she can. Yeah, get but I'll say off. yeah, say unfortunately, like how trick-or-treating stops at eight o'clock here. So I don't know if she'll be making it in time, but mm. we will see what happens. Maybe she'll get out of work early or something because it's slow. Yeah, and you don't want her speeding, you know, no, to get to no. you and creating little kids zombies. That would not be uh <laughs> right. That would not be good. No, but I'm um, planning on uh probably after this recording going and picking up all the candy for the trick-or-treaters. Nice. What are you thinking of getting? Uh, I usually at the stores that I go to, they have like a mixed variety bag. Of, mm-hmm. And you know me, since I'm the type that loves the uh, sweet, fruity, sour type candies. Yeah. It'll be like a variety pack of like Warheads, uh, Crybabies. Uh, what else was there in there? Uh, Crybabies. So Halloween fans? We'll get to that. We're just kidding, Halloween fans. Please don't unsubscribe to our podcast. <laughs> just kidding. But uh, yeah, that's going to be all sorts of probably like Starburst and Skittles and stuff like that will be in the mixed bag. Like I'll just nice. see what's out there because obviously a week before Halloween, they may, be, they may be bought out, especially with a lot of the shipping shortages that are going on right now. But who oh, knows? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently there's a lot of shipping shortage shortages. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm experiencing it at work a lot. Oh, OK. Yeah, I, I honestly I bought a bunch of candy and there was tons at Walmart last week. I bought a box of Doritos. I bought a mixed bag of Jolly Ranchers and like Hershey's and like this other stuff. And then I bought a mixed bag of like Kit Kat, which you guys have Kit Kat, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Smarties, Coffee Crisp, which is super Canadian and Smarties, the good Smarties, the Canadian Smarties. Yeah. Not the chalky ones. Fucking rocket (laughs) shit. We call them rockets. That's what we call them up here. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, like I, I had no problem buying tons last week. So I hope you're able to get some. Yeah. So I'm not sure if candy is one of those items that's hard to get now but like i know like cat food has been difficult especially oh. after i switched brands uh oh, no. like grocery stores are limiting down to like one uh one item per like dry food type thing and just to keep people from hoarding it so yeah um it's been a pain in the butt trying to keep my cats fed oh man scotty that sucks yeah like i mean obviously there's plenty of stores and like i can i'll i have found ways every time so it's not an issue, but at the same time, it's kind of just more a pain in the ass. Yeah, it sounds like a pain in the ass. Fuck, that's irritating. Yeah. Um. Wow. Well, hopefully that that gets better. <laughs> well, and there's less shipping issues. Like shit. A lot of it's because of labor shortages, because not oh, many people are uh, like a lot of people okay. are on strike because of pay and all that stuff. Which you know, well, good for them. Yeah. You know, I think it's about time that people stand up for themselves. I think uh, a lot of people in your state and in the United States, and generally speaking, are underpaid. Yeah. Uh, for the work that they do. I don't think it's perfect here up in Canada. Don't get me wrong. Or in Ontario, but we at least have minimum wage laws and labor laws and I don't know, some kind of rules right. that employers are forced to abide by. Uh, like we get sat holidays off, for example, um, and get paid for them. Uh, yeah, not many people here do. Right. Like it's, it's, it's very, very fascinating, but 
but yeah, Halloween is here. If you're listening and this is the weekend of Halloween, well, it should be because we're going to release this on uh, Friday, October 29th. I hope you have a wonderful Halloween doing whatever it is you do, trick-or-treating on whatever day it is that you trick-or-treat. I hope you have awesome Halloween scary movie marathons, eat too much candy, and just enjoy the season. We're so blessed uh, to be able to have access to the horror films that we do and the awesome Halloween mm-hmm. events that we do. So from Scotty and I, sincerely, happy Halloween. Yes, and, happy uh, spooky Halloween. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so we'll, this episode is just a lot of fun. We'll do our usual, uh, what we've been watching in terms of the 2021s and older movies, but we're doing a little bit different for what we've been listening to in our, our Halloween uh, topic this time around. So yeah. I let's start off with the first one. This is a net. Netflix 2021 release called There's Someone in Your House. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Now, Scotty, uh, you were not impressed by this film. No. Um, I thought some of the kills were cool, but this is a story that just left a lot to be desired. Um, I guess this was based off of a book um, from, um, I found that out through, I think, one of our fellow listeners, uh, L- Lucas Dickinson. He was talking about that. Lucas in the house. Thank you, Lucas. You always bring the knowledge. He does. Um, But yeah, like this one, uh, I love the idea of the killer just basically wearing a different face for each, that basically is the face Mm -hmm. of the victim he's going to kill. I love that idea. It's really cool. Mm The, and for a Netflix film, it was pretty violent. And like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to complain because uh, Chris Genro has been talking about it. And uh, yeah, he brings up a good point. This has been a year of slashers coming back too, which is really nice. Yeah, I think that's a valid <clears throat> statement for sure. And, but yeah, I just found this one just kind of be just middle of the road. I mean, it's not bad. It, I would say I recommend at least checking it out, especially if you have Netflix, because it is at least entertaining. I just found the story was lacking. You know what I feel like this movie is like if it, it's like I I know what you did last summer for this generation. Yes. Like that's what this movie really as I was watching this I'm like this is such a teen film for teens of today. Mm-hmm. It you is. know if this had if I know what you did last summer the original came out you know if somehow we had Netflix and the access to VODs that would have been a VOD. I don't think that would have got a theater release personally. I could be wrong on that. And don't get me wrong. I love that movie. But it was very much a teenage-centric film. Yeah. And this is very much a teenage-centric film. (laughs) Oh, it totally is. Right? Like, it's a 96-minute runtime. It's really developed off of relationships among these young people and the social outcasts that exists in school and the hierarchy in schools. And, you know, taking on some real you know, issues of the masks that we wear and the secrets that we keep. I kind of called the killer within Mm -hmm. 15 (laughs) minutes of who it was, which is fine. You know, like, I I think for what this is, is a fun little slasher teenage one. I did dig the little romance that was going on between one of the characters and another character. I thought it was kind of cute. Yeah. Um, I thought they were actually had some pretty good chemistry together too. They did actually, yeah. Right? For young people, I was like, shit, I wonder if they ended up dating after this movie. Like, they seemed like they had some chemistry, so. Right. Right. So that was fun. Um, I think if you like slashers and you enjoyed those teeny inch slashers that have come out this year, like perhaps if you like the Scream series, you enjoyed that. Um, if you enjoyed the one that came out now, this was more of a um, comedy but that came out earlier this year about the party. In February. Oh, uh, all my friends are dead. All my friends are dead. If you like 
that kind of flavor only this is not a comedy by any sense of the imagination uh but if you if you like teenage slasher films and you're looking for an easy watch on netflix at a 96 minute runtime this doesn't overstay its welcome it's fun it's fluffy just go in with the expectations that this is a teenage film meant for teenagers of this age group and try to take yourself back to when you were a teen and you were watching like shitty horror films like urban legends and as much as we can argue that films like that are great they're great because we have some nostalgia for them yes right and that's okay it's okay that we look back and be like oh my god look at this movie it's so great like nothing's wrong with just having a good time with the film and and that's what i feel like this one is yeah um, i agree all right and i'll let you introduce the next one scotty because i think you're the one that recommended this to me okay so yeah the next one is uh the manor which is a one of the bloom house amazon uh production films where they released they finally released all four this month um honestly i think this one may be my favorite of the four that came out um but this one's this one has a return of uh an actress that it was around back in the 80s i think she may have been still doing stuff but i don't think she's touched the horror genre in a while but uh barbara hershey and she was in one of my favorite uh not to interrupt films. you she was also in insidious one was and she two. really yeah she was in insidious one and two okay okay yeah. so maybe, yep i take that all back she's been no around. no no it's yeah but like i wouldn't know that either i looked up her film yeah. history that's how i figured that out yeah i was gonna say yeah, i take that back then but yeah she's still in this horror genre but uh yeah barbara hershey stars in this uh as basically a, a grandmother that is getting put into a i guess assisted living housing because mm-hmm. she ends up having a stroke on her grandson's birthday and things just kind of are not right in this assisted living. And it kind of, uh, in a way, deals with how some assisted living slash nursing homes treat their patients in real life. Like, I see there's that kind of a line there where they, a little bit of a social commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really dug this one because I really liked all the characters in this. Like, you were kind of, like, they all had really good chemistry together and just, like, were people I didn't want to see get hurt. And, uh, like, also had some very creepy moments around with it but i just thought barbara hershey's character did an amazing job like she was just i was so rooting for her and when the ending happened i expected your typical like type of ending mm-hmm. and it went a different path and i was like i have to mm-hmm. applaud the film for that i'm going well good job movie i was like, shocked on the path it went yeah like, I mean, the, it was kind of predictable with, like, the reveal, but, like, the mm-hmm. twist in the offer and everything, like, I'm going, huh, I, yeah. I did not expect that. I was like, balls on you, movie. Balls on yeah. you, right? Yeah, so, I, yeah, I really dug the hell out of this one. It's not, like, going to be super high on my list or anything like that, but for the, what these films are, this is definitely the better of the four for me personally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, since I suggested it to you, what did you end up thinking on it? Oh, uh, I think Barbara Hershey steals the show. Barbara Hershey is 73 years old. And she looks beautiful. uh, She is fucking awesome. Uh, She may get an award from me this year for a female protagonist. Oh, wow. Nice. Her and, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember the actress we talked about, but that was in the night house, Rebecca Hall. Yes. Like two performances this year by two women who fucking nailed it um there's a lot of swearing in this film and it's perfectly included like yes you know and i'm not not obviously scott and i don't have an aversion to swearing but the way barbara hershey delivers some of these fucking lines man like it she nails it like oh she does she made this movie better because she was in it like there's certain actors and actresses that like richard blake break that we saw in bingo hell that movie was in my opinion not that great till he showed up and then he he stole the film and i think what blumhouse has done well 
um, for some of their films is they've included people who are really good actors yeah. or actresses and that they know can carry the film on their own acting chops or their own ability to deliver. And Barbara Hershey does that. I think this captured aging very well and how elderly are treated um sadly yeah and i thought the grandson was great in it i thought all the characters were great in this i thought for a blumhouse film bloomhouse film whatever you want to call the company i thought it was one of their better ones i definitely have it up there above a lot of their other stuff that they've done yeah i'll say like i was very pleasantly surprised with this one i recommend it it uh as an 81 minute runtime it's on amazon so if you have prime you'll have access to it it doesn't overstay its welcome and it's a really good story and if you like barbara hershey you know she's been insidious one and two black swan she has a, a very long and respectful film um history so if you want to see some great acting please check it out it's worth it yeah i absolutely agree like i say this like one of the ones that you should check out this year for sure. And her performance alone, right? Like yeah. to me, you know, and there's some other mature actors in there as well. And sometimes we don't value people who age in society, particularly mm-hmm. women. And I think this movie shows that no matter what age you are, you can fucking rock it. Barbara Crampton has done the same thing. Um, you know, there's certain films I don't love her in, but in Jacob's Wife, I thought she was, Amazing. I thought she pulled out her acting chops and the other movie, We Are Still Here. Yeah. Another movie where I was like, fuck, she can't act. Like she's really, really, really good. So it's nice to see um, women who are later in their years uh, taking on these starring roles and just, you know, stealing the show. Agreed. Right. So next Blumhouse, Blumhouse movie is Black as Night. Uh, this is a 87 minute runtime. This is very much another teenage vampire film. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I think it was Bit that came out last year or something like that. Yep. That was also very teenagey. Um, this one's no exception. It It is a character of Black youth that are in this film. Um, and it kind of revolves on some cultural stuff, uh, some challenges that are faced within that community and poverty in New Orleans and, you know, the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina and, and what it did to that community and the social economic barriers that they faced. Like it is touched on in this movie. I wouldn't say this movie's political, but they're being like, hey, shit, this is what happened. Yeah. This is what happened when you have a huge ass hurricane that fucking destroys everything. And, you know, it's a fun, fluffy vampire flick. Uh, it's it's kind of like vampire hunters, but a little more modern. I really liked it. I thought that it was really entertaining. I really enjoyed the main character's relationship with her best friend. I thought um, Shauna and Petro were great. I thought Petro was really funny. I thought he was a great little actor. I hope to see him in more stuff. The grownups were the only parts of this movie that I thought they didn't act that well. <laughs> right? The kids were all great, to be honest yeah. with you. Like, I'm kind of glad. I were, I don't know where they got some of these grownups from, especially some of the grown-up vampires. I'm like, what is this? Are, were you in a pornography and then they brought you here or some <laughs> Lifetime movie? Because these kids are out acting circles around you, um, especially the two main ones, especially yeah. uh, Shauna and Petro um or pedro or petro he was he was awesome 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 young man i don't even know if he's been in anything else i'm going to take a look right now um he was in war world war z oh okay and dog days and some other other movies but i i really enjoyed him um yeah i thought it was fun what did you think scott um i thought that the you know for being a vampire story it was fine like um very generic vampire story don't expect it to do anything new in that area um but the topics that it does touch on like it brings like you know puts the eye on like the basically uh what happens during like those big hurricanes especially in uh 
more poverty stricken area as is and the rebuilding of it. Um, so I, I like that aspect of it and I love the acting, but yeah, like the generic vampire stuff, like I'm, I'm burnt out on like generic zombie, generic vampire type stories. Mm. Give me, if you're going to do these that have been done before, give me something a little more new, a little more fresh take on how this stuff should be done. Um, the biggest, like I'd say this, you know, one of the other ones is just kind of like middle of the road for me, but my biggest complaint I would say is some of the shots are just way too dark. Yeah. Even on a like regular TV, like, you know, I do watch stuff on my phone and this one was difficult to watch on my phone. So I watched it at home and yeah, it was, some scenes were just shot way too darkly. Like you really couldn't see what was going on, but that's, I mean, technically that's about the only thing that's really wrong with it. I definitely, if you're a fan of like the vampire type stories and like teenage coming of age type films, I recommend this. Very teenage, very, very Blumhouse, very Blumhouse movie, yeah. right? Like, you know, where we said the manor was kind of like the upper tier of it. This was very much uh, low-hanging fruit. Uh, the only other actor, the I want to give uh, acting props to the woman who played the mother who was addicted to crack. I actually, oh, yeah. She presented a crack addict really well. She did, too. Um, you know, that was the only adult that I kind of felt acted well in this. I really felt the adults drug this movie down quite a bit. I would have just preferred it was only the kids the entire time um, because they were all great. But yeah, I agree with your assessment, Scott. This is very much a paint by numbers, you know, vampire flick for teenagers like if you got some teenagers in your life they might really dig this there's a lot of like you know terminology that's used that's relevant and that's what Blumhouse movies are about mm-hmm. you know like yes they do do some some deeper films and some more you know extreme films but then they produce films like this which are for the masses so you take it as such so yet again if you have Amazon it is available on Amazon Prime all right why don't you introduce? We won't go into it too much. No, we'll save but... that for our out of the dark. But speaking of Blumhouse, just, uh, I don't know if anybody's seen this film. It's pretty hard to tell. Like, yeah. I haven't seen anybody really talk about it on Facebook. But, no. you know, there was a sequel to Halloween 2018 that just came out <laughs> called Halloween Kills. And, yeah, I don't know if anybody, like, loves this film or hates this film. I haven't heard anyone's opinion on this yet. So I'm very curious to see what people think. (laughs) Uh, That that joking aside, um, yeah, Halloween Kills came out and did fucking gangbusters on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Like, over, think over 50 million for box office opening, which, for horror, fuck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And for, you know, the effort and time and energy they put into this film. Like, yeah you know it was it, it was deserved it was definitely an entertaining watch yep i have my personal issues with it but can't really get into them because they are well, spoilers we yeah we will talk about that later yeah but like all in all i still found this to be very entertaining if you are a fan of halloween 2018 and just a fan of halloween in general you will probably find some very good entertainment from this just go in with the expectations that this could be one of the mixed Halloween sequels. Just go in with your expectations low. Don't go in high because then you're going to have a very big disappointment there. Just go in middle of the road or low expectations and you're going to have fun because it's... Scott's it's, already indicated what it, <laughs> it's going to look like. <laughs> but at the same time, like... uh. I mean, this is the 12th Halloween film, people. Yes, yes. Just think Absolutely. of it that way. <laughs> you know how I, I, the only thing I'll say here, because we will save more for spoilers, is one, the theater was full for yeah. COVID. So up in Ontario, you have to be vaccinated to attend the, to attend the movies. 
you have to show proof of vaccination with your ID. You have to, you pick your seats in advance and you're spread out in the theater. So with the COVID um, restrictions, the theater was very full for a eight o'clock showing of this movie, which I was very happy to, to see because it's keeping the movie theaters alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that's great about this is this also did a dual release on Peacock. So there was yes. a streaming service and it yep. still did amazing in theaters. So that yes. makes me very happy. Yes. And it shows that, you know, if you're not comfortable yet with going back to theaters or you're not vaccinated here in Ontario and you can't go to theaters, you can watch it on Peacock. Um, if you, I don't know if we get Peacock, but yeah. yeah I you have to look not, into that. I'm curious. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm going to go to the theaters because I'm vaccinated. So it doesn't right. really matter. Um, but I, I do feel that Halloween 2018 Halloween Kills and the upcoming movie Halloween Ends, which I know nothing about except for the spoilers that uh, Brandon and Scott gave me. I would have known nothing if they hadn't said anything, which is fine. I don't really care. Uh, It reminds me very much of the same themes that occurred in Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I feel like it follows the formula of those movies in terms of what happens in each film with protagonists and antagonists. Um, <laughs> personally, yep. so you know that's fine. I think that those movies, uh, the the Star Wars films, are great. You know, and I'm not Star Wars fans. Calm down. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's a formula between those three field films that when I was watching Halloween Kills, I'm like, no, nah, Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. Well, hmm. let's not compare to Empire Strikes Back because that right. one is the high point. Yeah, but of Star I just mean <laughs> I just mean antagonists. Yeah, okay. Doing well. Okay. Is okay. what I mean, right? <laughs> so when I say this, I'm talking about within those films where the protagonist does well and then where the antagonist does well. Gotcha. Okay. And then when the protagonist fights back. Yep. I see what you mean now. What reminded me of the similarities. Okay. I, um, I, I can get you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. I get what you're saying now. <laughs> right. So, you know what? I had a good time. It's an yep. hour and a 47 minute runtime. Uh, the popcorn tasted yummy. Um, that was probably one of my favorite parts of being there. <laughs> and you know what? People were enjoying it. It was fun. Um, <laughs> Scream 5 preview came on though, and Scott and I <laughs> making fun of it. Hey, Scott, do you think Cindy Prescott has a gun? I'm Cindy Prescott. <laughs> of course I have a gun. Top <laughs> line. Anyway, we'll see how that is when it comes out. And I'm a huge Scream fan, but when I saw that trailer, I don't I think I probably rolled my eyes any harder. They would have fallen out in the fucking movie theater. But we will uh, get into Halloween Kills more um, in our Out of the Dark. But just so everyone is aware here, in Canada, you can watch it on Cineplex. In the States, you can watch it at uh, any movie theater as well as Peacock. So. Yep. And I think we both at least recommend people go and see it. Oh yeah. I, I think that if you're a horror fan, you'll be at a miss if you don't go watch it. Yeah. Cause sure. it, like you will have fun with it. Yeah. It's you, yeah. Like, like I say, just don't go and expect high art. Don't go and expecting Empire Strikes Back. Scott almost fucking like beheaded me yeah. when I, I was gonna until say I that, explained that, that, that was... my argument of why I felt that way. He was like, yeah, okay. I was going to say, cause yeah, 
And I was about to insult my uh, favorite Star Wars film. <laughs> he was going to be like <laughs> breaking that cane he had last week, last time we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you Gandalf the wounded. <laughs> now you saw this one too. I, it, is it my turn to introduce the movie? I think yes. it is. Yeah. Uh, so this is another Netflix movie, only it's an international film and it's called The Trip. And it's about a husband and wife whose obviously marriage is on the rocks. Just say the least. <laughs> uh, say the minimum. And they take a trip up to their local or their, to their family cottage and shenanigans occur uh, against each other. And then an outside force forces them to combine their efforts. This is a pretty funny movie. And there's some pretty tense, good acting that happens. Like this goes from being comical to being like straight out, like the male actor in this, there's a certain scene where you believe he's terrified. Yeah. Like it's incredibly well done. Um, it's on Netflix. This is a must watch. Dave C the trip on Netflix is a must watch. Yep. For your horror list of 2021. Agreed, Dave, because they have this one. I think you'd be at a miss if you missed this one. Because uh, the covers that I've seen for this one don't really sell it. But once again, like this is, you know, Netflix with their international films. Fucking Always nail, nail it. it out. Nail it. Every single time. Well, not every single time. Majority of them, I would say 90% of international films on Netflix are amazing. I cannot say the same thing about Shudder. Right. And yeah, my thoughts on this film, I, you pretty much nailed it. This is just a fun, but also like, like it's a fun movie for like the first half and then it kind of takes this darker turn. But like, man, like I thought everyone in this did really good. Um, the gore is freaking awesome. The story is very interesting and keeps you glued to the screen and it's a fast paced film. Like Absolutely. It doesn't take, it doesn't take its time to explain what's going on. It goes from zero to a hundred and it's yeah, a lot of fun. Like I it's really almost a two-hour runtime. It doesn't feel like an almost no. two-hour runtime. No, and I really enjoyed the fuck out of this film. Yeah, I see you gave it four stars on Letterbox. I think that's a really fair ranking. I think some people would have this in a top twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could definitely grace, depending on your preference. But yet again, this is a year of horror comedy and indie films. <clears throat> Mark Nato. Um, <laughs> so this to me is another example of international horror done right. So please check it out. It is available in dubbing or it is available in subtitles, whatever your preference is for wherever you are. Now, have you seen this next one, Scotty? I have not. This is the one on the list I have not seen. Okay. So this dropped on Shudder, I believe this week or last week. I think it was this week. And it's called The Medium. It's a Thai film. It's 131 minutes in length. And it's filmed like a mockumentary about basically possession. Uh, It's a little slow to start off with. Uh, which was some of the reviews I read on Shutter is correct. You you need to take like it's you know you got at least thirty minutes of some real plot development, which makes sense later on. The reason why they have that in there makes sense, but the possession is the slowest possession that's creepy and picks up. Like there's one part where this girl starts playing at this playground. And her friend's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you? And she's filming her being like, you're seeing so weird. And she shoves this little kid out of nowhere, like shoves this kid hard and it comes out of nowhere. And it was the first like, wow, that's weird. And then she turns and looks at her friend and the darkness in her face is just, it's haunting. Like it's a very slow burn possession, not a happy ending. The last 20 minutes are wild of this film you really gotta watch what's going on because it's intense 
Uh, but it is a long, it is a long film. We're looking at two hours and 10 minutes in length. Oh, wow. So you need to be buckled up. Um, definitely. I feel like these filmmakers watched a lot of mockumentaries and tried to recreate it. And I think for an international mockumentary, I think it was a pretty excellent film. Uh, not a lot of people have watched it yet. Uh, it has a 3.4 late rating on Letterboxd, but I would definitely say if you like mockumentaries and you like procession films and you enjoy international films, it's worth checking out. Sweet. I will have to watch this one then. I'm curious. And it's available on Shutter. All the Shutters. Nice. Yeah, yeah I'm Scott, definitely... Scott muted himself there. Poor Scott. Yeah, I kept trying to hit the unmute button. It wouldn't do anything like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess I can uh, talk about the next one. You saw this one, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, you did you recommend it to me? Uh, no, actually, I don't think I even brought this one up to you or Brandon when I watched it because at first, after watching it, I wasn't the biggest fan. Mm, so i was just like okay it's not one i'll suggest to them but uh but yeah this is coming home in the dark and it's uh, about this family that is on this road trip and they just so happen to stop and have a picnic some like beautiful scenic area Mm -hmm. when two strangers show up out of nowhere and pretty much kidnap them and take them for like basically force them to drive them around um, that is like the most basic plot I can give you guys without getting into details, yeah. but needless to say, I thought everything about this film was really well done. The acting performances, it felt a little drug out to me mm. and that's where I was kind of losing interest. Um, also like, this is something I'm going to try to rewatch before the end of the year. Cause, uh, I know a lot of people have really dug this film. Yeah. Uh, just go into this one expecting something very heavy. This yes. is. This is not an easy watch. No. Like, there's some messed up stuff that happens in this. And I have to say the reasoning for why everything is happening like ties in towards the end. And it kind of leaves you with a, oh shit moment. Yeah. Like it's been a little while since I watched it. Probably, I think it's been like three episodes since I watched it. So like, I'm a bit vague on it. That's what kind of why I want to give it a rewatch. Cause I know a lot of people are really digging it. And there was something that didn't connect with me. And I want to see if maybe it was just, I was too distracted or whatever, but I, I'm curious on your thoughts on this. Um, I kind of feel similarly to you only. I was so uh, the acting is what really stood out for me in this, the dialogue that occurs. Mm-hmm. The, and I feel like you're learning layers of what happened throughout yes. this film. Like it's, it's, it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper as it goes. And that's what I really appreciate about this film. It is a 93 minute runtime and it hits you harder because I think of the content that it is. This will not be for everybody. This is a slow burn in a, in a way that you have to like, stuff is happening, but why it's happening is unsure. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of invest in listening as to why it's happening. Like it's the weirdest slow, quick burn movie I've ever seen before <laughs> right. in my life. Like, because everything is happening quick but the reasoning to it is taking a long time to get to. So, but I, I recommend checking it out. Um, it is available on iTunes, Google, YouTube, and Microsoft store. I would say if you enjoy uh, thriller slash horror films, uh, if very, you know, topics that are sensitive, such as maybe, you know, child abuse or other such things is difficult for you. You may not want to listen, watch this movie, but it does do a very good idea, a good job of exploring what happens when we do nothing. Yes, you know, exactly. and, and the guilt that is associated with knowing about something and choosing not to stop it. Um, so I think that that's 
you know, the best kind of, you know, introduction I can give to this film. Yep. I think, uh, yeah, that's, you nailed it perfectly, actually. Because it is, I think that might be what it was. It's like, oh, everything's happening so fast, but this is like still feeling like a very slow burn that, yeah, there was just something missing for me. So I'm, yeah, I want to give this a rewatch because, yeah, I think it deserves it. Like there is some stuff in it that I may have missed. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, well, 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 on this list, look who has more films that someone has not seen. I know, I'm mm. proud of you. About time. Bam! I'm the, mentor, uh, the mentee has become the mentor. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what's happened, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Finally, finally, you've taken the lead. I have. <laughs> Never that you didn't have like years of podcasting experience before we started working together for sure. <laughs> That, that, that's not like you know that that's nothing <laughs> yeah you know i just did two other podcasts before you existed heather which we never even talk about anymore it's like we don't repeat their names All right. like anyway if scott anybody wants to listen to scott's old podcast i think it's our archive on on legion yep at least uh the podcast by the cemetery is that's what i meant yeah podcast the other the one cemetery. does not exist anywhere anymore yeah i don't think you can find the horror drunks anywhere can you now, I think I found like maybe two episodes, but it took some real deep digging to find them. Oh, man. I, and you guys were drunk for half of it anyway, weren't you? Yeah, it was. Yeah, but it was a mess. But that's, <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Hey, you do. Uh, not all of us can start on an A-list podcast like I did. Where can exactly. We do, <laughs> some of us have to cut our teeth. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, let me jump into these uh, films. Uh, so one of the films I watched this week was a sci-fi original uh, slumber party massacre remake um so yeah i went into this with low expectations when i heard sci-fi i'm going okay you know these guys do a lot of like the just kind of cheesy tongue-in-cheek uh animal attacks type films nothing really serious but i ended up coming out of this pleasantly surprised this i found to be a very fun slasher um that takes the gender roles of characters in this film and swaps them around so like you have like you know in the first slumber party massacre lots of women getting topless and lots of you know ogling of women even though it was directed by a female and was like hinted at with the whole uh, masculine part of slashers and just kind of doing the take on that um, this one turns it around to where the men are the eye candy, getting topless, having pillow fights, slow-mo shower scenes. I love it. And I loved every second of it. I'm going, bravo, movie, for turning this around on its head like and just doing this whole gender reversal thing. I love it. Um, the kills were actually really well done. Uh, almost all of it was practical, which is really cool. A um, couple nods to the first and second film of the originals. Nice. Uh, the killer looks, they got someone, at least, because it's been a little while since I watched the original, but they got a killer that looked very reminiscent of the killer from the first film. That's cool. Yeah. And I just found this to be very fun. Um, the reasoning for some, like, the women characters going to where they go, once you find out why they went there, it's just like, okay, that's kind of dumb. But once you get past that, it's still just like a very fun slasher that I recommend. And I think that people would, especially if you're a fan of just wanting to see newer slashers, you need to watch this. And also just the gender role reversals. Mwah, bravo. I loved it. It was all, all men that are insecure with their sexuality. I don't like this movie. <laughs> right. I didn't like that it 
showed other men <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah all the characters were had some funny lines there were some annoying characters but like there was a good mix in here well, and, that was like the original yeah right? yeah and i think there was even a nod to you know the girl that loved uh like that was eating pizza like off of a dead body in the first film there's even not st- stuff like that in this film <laughs> it's great That's awesome good for them good for them um yeah. where can you find this one scotty sci-fi uh, this channel one, only uh well it was it aired on sci-fi and it was it's available on itunes voodoo google play uh spectrum on demand and one i have not heard us say before but fubo tv fubo 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 <laughs> cool uh but yeah I definitely recommend this one. This one was a hell of a lot of fun and went above my expectations for what I thought this film was going to be. So yeah, good job, freaking movie. Um, And then, yeah, I will go on into the next one. Um, I decided to watch part two of an anthology, a very low budget independent film. Uh, This is 1031 part two. Uh, and it's basically, you know, since it is the Halloween season, I wanted to try watching something Halloween themed that I haven't seen yet. And I figure, you know, I'm a fan of anthologies, so I'll give this a shot. I was not a fan of this one. Oh, it, it's too bad. Like, I see what they're trying to do, but uh, like, yeah, I think just the budget wasn't there and the acting was not that great in most of the stories a couple of the stories just felt like they drug on way too long a couple of stories had some fun to them but all in all this was just like a eh, i was like watch vhs 94 i find that better than this but <laughs> wow. then that's saying something <laughs> yeah because we we really that's our number one yeah number one best film of the year absolutely uh followed by don't breathe um yeah, number two yeah yeah number two absolutely so good so good but um, yeah so I far by halloween this... kills number three yes yes okay okay <laughs> but yeah i figured i'd give this a shot because i wasn't a big fan of the first one either 1031 but you know it's an anthology because i'm like okay you know they'll at least have a story or two that i might like and yeah yeah this was just kind of blah hey don't try don't get right exactly right. i gotta fluff up, fluff up my numbers somehow to catch up to you <laughs> yeah, fluff 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 <laughs> uh is this available anywhere did you say whether it was oh, in actually I'm advertising they uh, someone wants to check it out yeah i pulled uh, it up and didn't even say uh so yeah it's available to uh it's available on amazon prime google play uh tubi watch it on tubi everyone <laughs> that's the advice probably yeah amazon prime or tubi because then you're like if you if yeah. you have amazon prime you're gonna get a good quality one with no commercials so but nice. yeah i'd say it's a skip but you know if you're a sucker for halloween themed anthologies you know give it a watch at your own risk you've been warned you, you have, have been, been warned. warned well for older movies i watched session nine oh, from I love 2001 uh i've i've always seen it and i just haven't watched it i felt like it was like a csi episode thrown in together with some of the people that were in it <laughs> yep. um but man what a great film uh i don't want to give too much away but this was not what i thought it was going to be and it's almost filmed and i don't mean it's like it's almost filmed like a tv film yeah like it doesn't feel like it's a theatrical movie it definitely wasn't a theatrical release at least i don't think so i don't remember it coming out yeah i'm not too sure right um but it really explores mental health uh the ending i didn't see coming honestly until like almost the end like getting like 20 minutes left i'm like wait a minute something's not right here like and i began to kind of put it together but yeah great film if for some reason you've skipped this bad boy check it out it's worth a rental 399 rental 499 rental or if you are uh you know able to find it on the streaming service it's no longer available on netflix canada 
but I totally recommend it. Really had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, I remember, like, it's been quite a few years since I watched it, but man, I remember this being, like, super freaking creepy. Yeah, like, the ending, I was like, yeah. You know, and I like movies where I don't, and it's, there's not a lot of violence in it. There's violence, but it's not the entire thing. And it's not all jump scares. Right. Like it's, No, it's just a, the atmosphere. And you think something's super, like, and it's caught between supernatural and, and just somebody being evil. And it's yeah. a really, really good balance. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend this one. But I'm really curious about the one you brought to the table. <laughs> All right. So the movie I brought to the table. <laughs> I Okay, a little backstory before I get into what the movie is. Uh, there was a movie that I seen when I was very young that I didn't remember the name of it. I just remembered certain scenes from it. And I was look, trying to find, I was asking people if they knew what I was talking about. And it took me forever, did a lot of digging. And the movie I'm talking about is called Auntie Lee's Meat Pies from 1992. I My parents brought home the VHS because like I've said before, my stepdad worked as a video distributor and I watched it, didn't remember the name of it, remembered certain scenes. I'm going, man, what the fuck was that? So yeah, took some digging, found it. And because of a good friend and his uh, Plex, it was available on there. And I'm going, oh, no shit. Okay, I got to I gotta go back and watch this. It's probably going to be absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, it was fine. Um, it wasn't as, uh, there was some gory moments to it, but it was all done low budget. Uh, one mm. thing I did not remember, though, was the starred Karen Black and Michael Berryman. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. Mm. Um, but it's very hokey, cheesy, just like you would expect from a title like this. Uh, reminded me a bit of Motel Hell. And oh, just, nice. uh, so it was just like over the top silly, but it's basically about this uh, Auntie Lee who ha- ha- runs a like meat butchery shop type thing and uh, has a house with her beautiful nieces. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful nieces go out and lure in people to supply the meat for Auntie Lee's famous meat pies in this town. <laughs> Sounds like and, a very 1990s film. Oh, it totally is. Um, but yeah, it's very hokey, very cheesy. Had some, of course, very beautiful women in it for the nieces. Karen Black, like always, does a great job. And it was just funny. And just you could tell she was having fun with the role. Um, oh, and it also stars Pat Morita from Karate Kid. Wax on, wax off, Daniel son. <laughs> <laughs> um as the sheriff and that was just kind of fun to see him uh michael berryman was just basically this slow guy that was their mechanic and you could i didn't like how they portrayed him and portrayed it was like, like a very 90s yeah but at the same time like michael berryman seemed to roll with it um all in all yeah this was nothing special uh went on for way too long but I'm glad I at least remembered what the hell this name of this movie was and went back to revisit it. So now I can at least say, okay, I finally put in those clues and got to watch it again. Um, this one, however, is not available anywhere. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh man, but it sounds like a gem. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those, like I could see some boutique label releasing and everybody going, oh, I must buy this because it's so like just off the wall and not like (laughs) something that anybody would have in their collection but yeah yeah (laughs) good to know good to know well i'm i'm glad that you brought it thank you scott um i was wondering if it was like a a brand of people that sold pies it sounds like something that you would have bought in the 90s of meat pies (laughs) right you know what i mean Um, oh yeah that's fun that's a fun little film 
Um, so what we're listening to, we're doing something a little bit different. Usually we shut out podcasts or audiobooks that Scott's slowly getting through. Um, have you finished that audiobook, The Shining, yet or no? Almost. Almost. <laughs> that, work that narrator's really getting to you, huh? Yeah, it's a chore. <laughs> oh man, that's too bad. Um, so we're just gonna talk about some of our favorite Halloween songs. So typically, uh, when so spoiler, I work from home now and I've been working from home for the past year and a half. But prior to that, uh, prior to me even starting this podcast, I used to go to a United Way, which is a organization that we have up here in Canada, that's a charity organization, we would have a United Way talent show every year at my at my work. And we would dress up in costume. One year we went as trolls, uh, like the troll dolls, and we won an award. Uh, another year they went as the Toy Stories. I wasn't part of that one. They did the Toy Story stuff. And I dressed up as a singles costume. And I went as Lady Luck. I had this whole outfit that I wore. I put makeup on. And I won the singles costume award. That was back in 2019. Yeah, I remember that, actually. Yeah. I, I forget what I won. I feel like I won a gift card. And I used that gift card for Starbucks coffees on campus for, like, the entire time until, like, the pandemic hit. Um so anyway, on my way to work, I, I really like Halloween and we would go to this talent show. So there'd be the costume contest and then other people would do different things. Like sometimes you would have people that would juggle or dance or play music. It was, it was a lot of fun and we'd have a little lunch with it too. And yeah, it was just, it was really, it was a really great effort that they put into it. I actually really miss having a chance to go and do that. It was something that was really cool at my workplace. Uh, but I used to listen to music on the way in. So now I listen to that same playlist when I go for my walks and I always like to listen to it on Halloween or the date that I'm doing something that is Halloween-ish. So one of my favorite songs on this playlist is Thriller by Michael Jackson, which I know Scotty loves because of Vincent Price. Oh, and, and just because it's fucking Michael Jackson. Yeah. Right. Like, A great music video too. Yeah. I'll say amazing, amazing song. Who directed that music video? I know it's someone famous, but I can't remember it right John now. John Landis. John Landis. That's who it is. Um, that's probably why I didn't want to remember because I think Twilight Zone and I get mad. Right. Um, but, you know, that aside, Thriller by Michael Jackson. Uh, second f- song I always like to listen to is Time Warp, why Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's uh, do the time warp again. That specific version. Now, the one by the Glee cast is fine. Like, I'm not going to shit on that, but I do prefer the original. Um, there was one um, a bunch of celebrities did. I think it was during the pandemic because they were doing it all through Skype. And uh, Jack Black was in it and a couple other like famous celebrities. And that was really awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. Like Jack Black, like because Jack Black definitely has a great voice, and like yeah, his addition to the song was really cool. Like I really had a fun. You'll have to look that one up, but yeah, it was a lot of fun when they redid that song. Oh, sorry, I just dropped my. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> oh my god, um, sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> I got kind of frazzled there. You can leave this in or take it out. It's up to you. <laughs> Dropping my phone threw me off completely. Um, this is Halloween, Nightmare mm. Before Christmas, the um, character version, I guess you would say, from the movie. And then also Marilyn Manson's version. Yes. I both- like Marilyn Manson's version. Yeah, Marilyn Manson's version is way more just like creepy and spooky sounding. And like Nightmare Before Christmas version is just more fun which also has kind of like a tim burton-esque feel to it um but yeah i really love this song too like i didn't have a lot to add to this list because you pretty much grabbed all my halloween go-to songs when you made this list 
I'm glad that you that you also like to listen to these. Do you have a playlist you listen to as well? Uh, I or is do. That just like, me. Uh, I do. Uh, most of mine are just not really Halloween songs, but like songs and horror films. Oh, there is one I forgot to add that I'll be adding at the end. For sure. Oh, I'm excited. Ooh, we'll see what that is. Um, the next one is I only heard this one recently on the radio. It was a couple of years ago when I was driving to work, um, and this was before I did playlists and Spotify. And this song came on, A Nightmare on My Street with DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. This movie is fucking hilarious. For, uh, that was in the end credit sequence of Nightmare 5. Was it really? Yep. (laughs) Oh, it's just totally 80s and cheesy and fun. Or, yeah, I guess, yeah, that would be 80s. I'm glad, I'm glad you like this song too. I always thought the lyrics of him being like, <laughs> I told Freddie, like we went like with that sweater, dude, we're not going to pick up any ladies or I forget what he says, but it's so funny. And have you ever seen the music video to it? No, I haven't. Oh, you need to see the music video. It's pretty entertaining too. <laughs> like, honestly, I, yeah, I'm glad you really like this song too. I literally only really found out about it five years ago. I don't know how I missed it. But fuck, it's funny. Yeah, me and my brother used to listen to it all the time when we'd hang out back in the day. <laughs> Oh man, it's so good. Um, next one is Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Yes. And that always makes you think of the Frighteners. Really? Because it's in the movie. It's at the end. Is it real? I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it's yeah. in the movie. It's at the end. Okay, because yeah, for me, when I hear Don't Fear the Reaper, I think of uh, the TV ser- uh, miniseries of The Stand, because that plays in the very beginning after the plague is hit. Really? Yeah. And that's funny, and I think of it from The Frighteners. Wow, <laughs> that is kind of funny. Because I remember I the scene that. where Michael Michael J. Fox, yeah. and I think it's Minnie Driver. I don't know if it's Minnie. No, it's some other chick. It's not Minnie Driver. some other well-known actress at that time are like laying on a blanket and that song starts playing. Mm. And that's why I always think of it. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool that we have two different memories of that song. Um, of course, the Halloween theme song by John Carpenter. I mean, if yeah, you have to. It is like so right? fucking iconic. Absolutely. Uh, I've always loved this song as a kid. The Purple People Leader. I by, have not uh, heard this Shelby song in Woolley. forever. As a one eye, one horde, flying purple people leader. One eye, one horde, flying purple people leader. I, I love it. Stood on the fence, started to rock. He was really rocking around. Like, it's just a, a total 1950s film, uh, film song, but it's a lot of fun. And there was a movie, too. Uh, I saw was it really? when I was young. Yeah, yeah, there's a movie. Um, but I, yeah, it's like from the 80s. <laughs> I don't think it's that good. Um, right. Obviously, I didn't suggest it for our popular horror films because I don't think it's that awesome. <laughs> right. um, and some very classic Monster Mash. I mean, it, it, this is like a go-to for most Halloween parties. Right. Uh, Boris Pickard. Is it Pickard? Yep. Yeah. Bobby Boris Pickett. Oh, Pickett. Pickett. And the Crypt Keeper 5. Um, they call it, though he says the Crypt Keeper 5 in the song, hmm. right? I think he does. It's been a long time since I've heard, like, listen to, like, it's been a while. Like, I, it's usually just playing in the background, like, if I hear it. Well, we'll have to listen to it on your Halloween playlist and tell me what he says. Yeah. Um, and then these are yours. I've never even heard of these before. All right. So, yeah, I brought All Hallows Eve by Typo Negative just because. I, when I'm in, like in the spooky mood season, typo negative is dark, slow, gothic, doom metal, I guess would be what they'd be called. But they're like very slow, heavy metal with an amazing deep, vo- deep voiced vocalist. Uh, and All Hallows Eve, just I mean, it's just great. Mm-hmm. I love the song. Uh, and then I ended up bringing uh, Trick or Treat by Fast Way, which comes from the 80s film Trick or Treat. Because the band did, that's one of the, I think one of the reasons why that movie does not have a Blu-ray or out of print release is because of the copyright issues with Fastway. 
Um, but another just song that I love listening to. And then there was two more I was going to add to this list that I just thought of, both from Alice Cooper. Um, one is Feed My Frankenstein. Which is an awesome song. Yeah, I just fucking love that song. And totally fits for Halloween. And then the other one also has Frankenstein in the title, but it is Teenage Frankenstein from Friday the 13th, part six. Teenage Frankenstein? Yeah. From Friday the 13th, part six. Where does that song play? I believe that one plays in the scene where the couple is in the camper and Jason shows up and ends up being on top of the camper. And Oh, that one! Yeah! Yeah. yeah good one good one but yep those are some of the songs that i listen like that are also on my playlist that like i didn't see on here so i wanted to those are awesome bring a little bit. Added them. so yeah so those are just some of our songs uh maybe we'll do a post asking what songs do you like to listen to to kind of get you into the halloween mood on halloween night or leading up to like a halloween party or something like that but they're a lot of fun i i do listen to horror movie soundtracks too like i listen to the soundtrack from the thing and um other such ones as well but i really find that these are the ones that are constantly hitting like repeat for me yes um and sometimes like to listen to the original adam family song too yeah little song i love that (laughs) right um but i i really do love marilyn manson's this is halloween i just think it's a really good version of that song like yeah he does a very good job and yeah like and both like i say both songs are amazing and yeah like and it's just a different feel when you listen to both of them i agree yeah one's a little bit more fluffy and cute the other one's like creepy and (laughs) and concerning right um so we're going to take a brief break here from one of our legion friends and we come back we're going to talk about popular halloween movies so these are popular Halloween movies for the masses. So we really thought about movies that have come out that, you know, most people would watch around the season if they're not super huge horror fans. And we really went into the vault and we pulled out some childhood memories for both sure of us. Did. So um, I'm excited to talk about them. And then also we'll be doing our out of the dark uh, spoilers on to watch trailers or not to watch trailers. So Dave C, hold on to your hat because we're going to talk about the experience I had with watching zero trailers for Halloween Kills and Scott watching all the trailers for Halloween Kills. So it'll be a fun discussion. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So after these messages, we'll be right back. Once there was a show called the Not So Evil Episode Sidecast. It was a long name, Batman. No one could ever remember it. They released 25 episodes of brilliant film criticism. And like that, he's gone. Now, six months later, we're back. I didn't know we were gone. We've got a brand new name, new movies to review, but the same old attitude. Foul language and obscure references? Count me in. Each episode, we pick a topic, watch four movies related to that topic, then bicker amongst ourselves to decide which film is the best. We're the theme warriors! Join Iris, Jeffrey X. Martin, Doug Tilly, and myself for Theme Warriors. Four people, four movies, one dynamite show. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Horophilia Network of Podcasts, as well as the Legion Podcast Network. That's the Theme Warriors! Don't want to sleep no more! Who are you people? Welcome back. 
uh, we are going to be talking about some popular movies that are watched around Halloween time. Uh, we don't really have an article for this. We didn't have an article for last year's Halloween either. There's lots of history out there regarding Halloween, but I we wanted to take a, a little bit of time to talk about movies that more than just horror fans know and love. Or maybe yeah. for some people, it was a gateway to getting into horror films, watching some of these movies that we're going to talk about now. Um, personally, for some of these, it was a first time watch for me. And that's kind of cool. Or like for one of them, particularly, I hadn't watched it in so long that I remembered nothing from the film, like absolutely nothing. And so watching it again really allowed me to kind of explore why my co-host loves this movie <laughs> so much, um, which I totally see why after rewatching it. Um, but definitely, I don't think there was one movie on here that I did not enjoy. Um, yeah, same. They were really, really fun to watch. Yep. And there's one first time watch for me as well, which I know is the same one of those same first time watches for you. Yeah, right. Like, which is, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, so we'll get into them. We'll get off with the first get off. Well, that's kind yeah, of appropriate we will. Yeah. with this movie, right? Uh, so let's go to the first film. All right. So the first film we will be talking about today is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was released September 25th, 1975. A flat tire leaves Brad and Janet, damn it, Janet, stranded on a stormy night. They experience strange incidents when they seek shelter in a nearby castle belonging to Dr. Frankenfurter, an eccentric transvestite. Uh, so, yeah. As we were kind of discussing, this is one of our first time watches. <laughs> yeah, I had never seen this film. Yep, I, I don't know how I knew. Weirdly enough, Time Warp is famous. Yeah. So I knew the song, but I had just never got around to watching it. And I don't know what's wrong with me. Right? Uh, because this film is amazing. So much so, I am going out as one of the characters next week for Devil's Night. I have the corset the stockings everything else and i'm doing that i love this movie it's amazing yeah like i uh i think when i was younger i caught like a tiny bit of it on cable at my grandmother's house and that was all i seen was like maybe just a couple minutes when i was flipping channels or something like that but yeah re uh watching it for the first time uh knowing loosely like the stuff about the film because surprisingly enough i didn't know the full amount of this story um mm -hmm. I had a freaking blast with it. Like I am, a, most people know that I am a huge fan of musicals and this one just hit all the right chords for the musicals. Like it had a lot of just fun campiness to it. I can see why this is considered a cult classic. Cause my God, this yeah. movie is so damn entertaining. And I have to say for being a first time watch, I did not realize how sexual and horny this film was. <laughs> oh my God. Just a sweet transvestite coming from transsexual Transylvania. Transylvania. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like let's let's just explore here. You start off with it's it's Brad and Janet, totally like white, typical fucking average names, played by Susan Sarandon. And who is the gentleman? Uh, I didn't recognize him. I should have been looking that up. Right. But that doesn't matter. Kim, Tim Curry is really the one that steals the show in this movie anyway. Yes. Uh, and Richard Hall, I believe it is, who plays the butler. Is it Richard yep. Hall? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And I love the scene when they pull up to the mansion and Richard Hall answers. And finally, I was like, oh, scary movie too. I get it now. <laughs> yep. And then I thought, wasn't that ironic that Tim Curry was in that movie? Yeah, no shit, right? Right. And that they had that kind of like that's. That's really, really interesting. And I love the time warp 
sequence and the dancing that they do. And then Tim Curry comes down and I have probably played that song, Sweet Transvestite, out over and over and over again this week. I have just loved it so much. I just think it's the coolest song and the exploration of sexuality in this film. Yeah, way ahead of its time. Way ahead of, now, not only with talking about, you know, cross-dressing and transsexuals, but even the sexual scene where he's with Susan Sarandon and then he's with the gentleman, yeah. uh, Brad, and the the sexual things that are indicated and how there's both Brad and Jan are supposed to be waiting till marriage and all this other shit. And then they become these sexual, like they kind of take off their clothes and rip them of the the their conservative sexual identity, which is a line that Tim Curry says, I can treat the symptoms, but not the disease. Right. Yes. And I'm, I really dug how this really just pushed the limits. Now meatloaf is in it, who is my all time favorite singer. Um, he has a little bit of a cameo in it and where they turn into statues. And then when they perform it with the cabaret and I'm going out as a woman with the red hair, that's who I'm going to yep. be going out with from the cabaret. Fuck. All these songs are great. The movie flows and like, I don't know what else to say. Tim Carey has amazing voice. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, like, like he not only does he have an amazing voice, but damn, was he good looking. <laughs> like a handsome man. He's yeah. Definitely, like he's he definitely just, much of a man by the end of the day. And he looked good as a woman too. Like he looked yeah. good either way. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know, like he just steals the show. Like just everything yeah. that he's in, in this, like every scene that he's in in this film, is funny or creepy or just sexual mm-hmm. or just downright amazing. Like I was just so impressed with this film. I cause I figured I'm like, okay, a lot of people love this film. I'm gonna watch it and be like, eh, it's okay. I can see why it's loved, but no, I was like, I was just enamored with it completely oh, yeah. through and through. And I see why this is one of those films that people go to for like a Halloween watch now. Like yeah, for many aspects of it, like for one lots of costume ideas come from this film. absolutely tons. tons of costume ideas um and it just has that creepy aspect to it that fits the spookiness and it yeah like we've talked about before kind of a gateway into horror though uh definitely more an adult themed gateway yes, into horror. definitely um even then i would say nowadays i think our society is much more open to sexuality yes. and i think that you could show this you know know your kid you know but i don't think it's something that a 12 year old couldn't watch honestly right. like i think that there's some sexuality stuff that's explored here depends on your kid depends on your family depends on your values obviously but like i think that it's not i think there's worse shit that's available that's more um um, offensive than this is yeah. oh, um, absolutely you know and I think that with this film being a musical and having such catchy songs made this like that time warp song is so catchy and I think like like us we knew time warp even though without seeing the movie yeah I knew it was from Rocky Horror Picture Show right I knew what Rocky Horror Picture Show was um and I read that it was supposed to be making fun of sci-fi movies Yes, like uh, the old B-movie sci-fi stuff from the 50s. Right, which it was pretty funny with the aliens that come in. But I feel like this movie does a great job of being creepy, sexual, the costumes, you're right, the music, everything kind of gives that Halloween vibe without being overly scary. And that's why it's shown at drive-ins. That's why it it has this huge cult following where people dress up for it and because i've been talking so much about it facebook sent me a rocky horror picture fan group that i joined (laughs) and it's it really is just a really fun loving film 
Yeah. And, and um, you know, I'm sure there's some cultural issues with it today. I'm not going to pretend like there isn't. I didn't find anything offensive, but then again, no. you know, maybe it didn't. I'm not a transvestite or I'm not transsexual. I'm not someone who's homosexual. I, it didn't offend me. Maybe it does to other people, but I, I don't know. I really loved it. Yeah, so did I. I found this just to be so damn endearing and entertaining. Like, uh, and like, yeah, like we've said before, ahead of its time. Um, yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up too, and just to show the popularity, like that this still has, what, fucking 40 years later, like over 40 years later, um, Holly Macecheck from the Beyond the Screams podcast, I forget the character's name, but they she lives in Chicago and she does, uh, like she stars in a play version of this. Nice. Like in, of this movie and she plays the maid. That's awesome. Yeah, like I, because I seen pictures of her and like, yeah, she like constantly is posting about it all the time, and I thought that was really cool. Like, it just goes to show, like, yeah, even movie may be done, but then the like, people are still like bringing it back to life, and it's yeah, constantly got to like run in theaters. Super, super relevant. I know they tried to make a sequel. I haven't watched the sequel. I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's a sequel. I think it's mm. 2015. It was made. Um, wow. Which you know, like, it's hard to. Not that I'm like sequels. We all know I I like sequels, and I'm like, do you? But I think it's hard to recreate without Tim Curry. Um, yeah. You know, I think there's just some magic in there. And Susan Sarandon too. I didn't know she could sing. Um, yeah. She was great too. Like, I think this movie just is a lot of fun and it's like a party and it's totally something that just lifts your spirits even though like you know tim curry's character dies in it and meatloaf gets killed by him for some reason you're not upset about a lot of stuff when meatloaf meatloaf got killed i was like oh no meatloaf because i like meatloaf and i was hoping he was going to come back and be through the rest of the movie but like it was kind of comes back yeah yeah in a a reveal (laughs) um you know for sure but it was it was just a really really fun film and i see why it has its place in halloween horror pop culture i see why a lot of people in the masses like this film and continue to today you know we're talking about a movie here that is almost 40 years old and or no older than that yeah it's, it's almost 50 or almost 50 years old and it still is rocking it and you know i think that says something right yeah. um and i was gonna say i just noticed this i almost went to it if i had the time to do it but uh thursday night here uh at the capitol theater in flint rocky horror picture show was playing there nice see like that's what happens it just plays all the time and it has its place in cinema history and i think it deserves to be there uh, our next film also has its place in cinema history. We talked yeah. about it in our top five, but I'll get Scotty to introduce him. All right. So, I mean, what is the Halloween season without John Carpenter's Halloween, released October 25th, 1978? On a cold Halloween night in 1963, six-year-old Michael Myers brutally murdered his 17-year-old sister, Judith. He was sentenced and locked away for 15 years, but on October 30th, 1978, while being transferred to for a court date, a 21-year-old Michael Myers steals a car and escapes Smith's Grove. He returns to his quiet hometown of Haddonfield, Illinois, where he looks for his next victims. Now, obviously, this movie doesn't need much introduction. It's it's an iconic classic, and this one is like the epitome of Halloween. Like everyone watches this around this year, even non-horror fans tend to flock to this film around this time of year and all the halloween stores are always playing the score to this movie it is like while watching it it does not feel like a halloween like 
themed movie because obviously it was not filmed anywhere in like the the eastern part of the states or anything like that so you got the palm trees and stuff like that they try to cover up i don't really notice the palm trees yeah i'll say they're very good they're good at job of covering it up and they put a lot of dead leaves on the streets to make it feel like fall since they don't yeah they painted them and they painted what did they buy they they couldn't find enough pumpkins it wasn't pumpkin season oh yeah painted a certain other kind of fruit like i forget what it was called but orange yep i was gonna say because yeah like it has some halloween vibes later on and as the movie goes on but like this one doesn't hit the theme but like man this is one of those movies that's always watched around this time of year and for good reason it's a great entry-level horror film so when you were reading that synopsis, Scott, I tried to separate from all the other Halloween movies that have come out. And I tried to put myself back in 1978 to this film being released. And the basic concept before there was a franchise, before the music was famous, before Jamie Lee Curtis was anybody, and before John Carpenter was anybody, you know, it's a really simplistic plot. Yeah. Crazy killer kills his sister on Halloween night gets locked up, gets released, and comes back to kill more people. You know, we get rid of the whole sister concept. We get rid of the whole, you know, legacy that is developed. It was basically just about a dude who was crazy, who came back to kill more after he killed his sister. And if we think about it, if that had been the only film, I think the Halloween movies, obviously, when you have one film, it looks at differently. But I think we would capture more of how simplistic that plot was. Yeah. Without getting so complicated with, you know, Halloween 2, 4, 5, 6, um, the diversions of, you know, Halloween to Halloween 2018 to Halloween Kills. I think we've... um, exploited the character so much that it's really moved away from the original conception he was just called the shape yeah michael myers was a name that they gave because you needed to have a name yeah michael myers was basically his child name his human child name and then after that just yeah he was just the shape it was a character it was no different than if you know scott was in a movie and he was called scott crawford like (laughs) no different than that right and the concept was just simply a six-year-old kid loses it one night because his his sister doesn't take him trick-or-treating or he's just crazy parents come home and see that he created this crazy murder and you know for 15 years he's locked up and when he and he, when he gets out he wants to do it again yeah like it's such a it's so he goes back to where he lived before he goes back to his old house because that's what's familiar and he sees some chick come up to the door to drop off a key and if you look at it from just that perspective wrong place wrong time yep right then it really for me anyway changes the presentation of this film it was it really a does. slasher film and no blood. Yeah, I was going to say minimal. Com- yeah, I was like completely bloodless except for the very beginning scene for the most part. Right. And characters that you could relate to, which thank you, Deborah Hill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Rest in peace, Deborah Hill. Um, the three girls, their relationship and those actresses sold that movie. Like they sold that 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 concept of them. Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, has a has a legacy of acting in her family but she just took this role as an innocent girl who had to now fight off this crazy dude who was the shape like yeah, let's go back just... to think that this was called the shape he was called the shape yeah you know yeah and i'll say like basically just stalked her because she was there right and there was I... no other purpose at this point with this film right and and the kids were cute the halloween of the, the trick-or-treating and watching the scary movie and watching the thing 1952 Mm-hmm. um you know it's just great now that i've you know and then he remade the thing yep. like isn't no. that 
I so many like, things, right? That's why, because he loved that movie and he wanted to put it in this film. And then, yeah, here he is. Like, right? what was it? Uh, yeah, four years later, makes the makes the remake. Right. And I do feel like what this movie has done is it created that nonsense, non-logical killing of a dude who wears a mask, which we all do at Halloween, mm-hmm. who was evil as a child, got locked away, came back. And we had child horror. We had The Omen. We had other, you know, we had uh, Bad Seed. You know, we had definitely children that were evil but this was one that escaped and had this superhuman power and just and the suspense like the one scene where who's the friend that's babysitting and her shirt gets stuff on it i can't remember the character oh uh, annie i think it was annie and she goes out to the to the i don't know for some reason the laundry machines in the garage or the wherever it is yeah it was like in a separate like building outside which right hmm. fuck that whole scene is great yeah i was gonna say enough for this film uh one thing that uh i didn't notice it the first few times i watched it because it was vhs or whatever but as the we got better picture quality as dvd and blu-ray and all that stuff started coming out like you notice at least for me i noticed i tended to notice michael myers more in the background as the picture quality got better so there's just like scenes where annie's on the phone talking to laurie and you just see the shape just standing in the background not doing anything just standing there and it's just unsettling like that's one thing I love about this film that the other films kind of like lost was the stalking of Michael Myers. Yeah. Like the it, other where he became a brutal killer, like this is just more, he's there almost all the time just watching. The other films became focused on Michael Myers as a legend. Yes. This film was just focused on a dude that escaped who was showing up in a town that he lived in before and decided to kill some chick that came by. Yeah. Because he killed his sister, probably liked how it felt, got locked up, wasn't able to do it anymore, got out and wanted to do it again. Yep, wanted to do it again and just kind of do it more. Right? And Nick Castle, like, you, when you watch that Netflix, um, the movies that made us, and you yes. find out how drunk Donald Pleasant was in that scene with the <laughs> yes. nurse that he had drank an entire bottle of rosé. So for people who haven't watched it, Donald Pleasance is driving up with the nurse and, you know, to the uh, insane asylum. And he's fucking hammered. I can't watch it the same way now. Because you look at his eyes. Oh, you could definitely tell. super glossy. Like, he yeah. was fucking tanked. I just thought he was, like, abrasive because he was upset to be in the situation. As like that was his acting, like he was trying to be like real concerned about right. where he was going, and I think that's kind of built with like this is like oh Loomis knew from the beginning he was so bad. No, Loomis was fucking shit faced and was just trying to get through the film. Like it really does like change it for you, or how difficult that um, camera view killer of the kid and the how and why they put the mask on. Yeah, like honestly. Like, uh- a lot wow. of what they talked about in that uh, movies that made us was very eye-opening, like stuff I didn't like because this film's been talked about so much, but there's stuff in there that I've never heard of before. Well, they focused on the crew for once. Yeah, yeah. You know, for once we heard from the crew and like what actually needed to happen. I mean, not instead of like, oh, my inspiration for this movie came from and the acting that like Nick Castle's like, all John told me to do was stand there and tilt my head. Like this wasn't a deep film. Like I just <laughs> right. <stood there. laughs> right. And I really appreciated his realness of being yeah. like. It's great that you guys love it, but I literally stood there, you know, <laughs> and I, and I think it just managed to capture that fear of a babysitter. And did you like how there was never a title of the babysitter murders? Yeah. Like I was shocked about that. Like I was fucking thrilled when he said that he's like, that was made up. I never wanted to call it that. I was like, right. Like, like what? that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I totally see why this has its place in pop culture. I see why so many sequels have been made off of it why he's seen as such an iconic character, how he went from being a shape and just being a dude 
to building this legend because as people we want a reasoning as to why people do things like even yeah. in rocky horror picture show they kind of we kind of got they did tell us why tim curry was there and why they were there and what they were doing and the purpose of the the house and what they were trying to achieve halloween doesn't give you that it no. it, it doesn't that's why other movies were built on it to build on the lore or the story same with nightmare on elm street when you first watch nightmare on elm street you're like oh it's dude it you know anyways piece of shit and he came back and yeah he haunts you in your dreams but then as movies went on the lore increased yep because they had to at least add more to the character same thing in hatchet you watch the first hatchet you're not getting like (laughs) kane hodder's role in it and it's you know his son and how his wife dies and he bangs the the nurse and (laughs) right like that comes later on like and i just i find that that's a capsule and i think this movie just cemented its piece in film history because of the simplistic of it how simplistic it was but also how it was easy for everyone to to absorb it um, yeah and you're and, right, the stalking and the suspense yeah and i was gonna say and like how brilliant of them to just take a holiday holiday and put that as the title of the movie Mm -hmm. and then to release it right before that specific holiday because i think i could be wrong but this may be like one of the first like horror films to just use like the holiday as a name yeah i can't think of another uh, yeah but it just and it works with this film like just because everything happens on that day that's the only reason and it like but yeah like there there is a reason this film is played on tvs constantly around this time of year and Mm -hmm. why like everyone knows the name michael myers like he is a legend in our horror film history yep he submitted himself in in film history and i think the fact that it was the first film that netflix discussed in movies that made us tells us the impact that this had on society in general so another film that impacted society in just maybe a different way it did it did well at least the character did yeah the character did so why don't you introduce this bad boy all right so we're taking a trip down scotty's childhood memories here with this one and this is Ernest scared stupid which was released october 11th 1991 there are Halloween mischievous galore when Ernest accidentally sets a troublemaking sprite free from its wooded tomb. Very simple plot synopsis, but this is one that I wanted to bring to the table because this was a Halloween tradition and still is a Halloween tradition for me. Ever since I was a little kid, I grew up loving Ernest. Uh, I have every one of his movies on DVD right now. And but yeah, like this is something that I grew up with. Jim Varney playing this character. Just he does such a wonderful job and it's very wholesome. And this is one of those films where you take a character and put him into a horror scenario, if you will, but obviously made for children. And you get this film that is very childlike, but also has some moments of creepiness to it due to the special effects makeups of the uh, Chiodo brothers who did like Critters and Killer Clowns from Outer Space, who also in- repurposed Killer Clowns from Outer Space uh, puppets for this film for some of the trolls. Um, but yeah, I just have an endearing love for this film. This one is not going to be like a Halloween tradition for everybody. Cause I think you just had to grow up in the generation that grew up on Ernest. Cause I don't think a lot of people in the newer generations will really get Ernest or really enjoy that type of humor. This is a very much a 1991 film made for 1991. <laughs> yes. Reflecting humor. I did enjoy some of the adult jokes that Ernest tried to make throughout this film. 
um, that were definitely made for the adults that were watching. And Jim Varney, you know, I don't, I don't think words can express what a good person he probably was and his ability to engage with different personality personas and present that in a film. Uh, There were parts where that was just written in so he could do that. Um, Completely unnecessary, but very much written in for that purpose. I will say for a kid's film, it moves along very nicely. Uh, yep. The acting, you know, is what you expect for a kid's film from 1991. It's yeah. fine. You yeah, know, like especially from like pretty much like you're watching this for Ernest and hey. Ernest is what carries the movie. You know, the trolls are excellent. The practical effects in this are very good. Uh, the concept that he changes people into wood and he takes kids energy so he can grow and be stronger, which is going to be similar for our last movie too. Mm-hmm. Um I I like Ernest's relationship with the kids, though a grown man taking kids up to a treehouse would probably not be seen as the most appropriate thing. No. Um, like, even though was... it can be absolutely harmless. Let's like let's be real here. Yeah. I think there is, you know, some innocent that you could just be a friendly person that spends time with kids. Not every man and men do end up being put in this category who like children who don't have them is something's wrong with him. I definitely right. don't think that's the case here. Uh, so I do like the naivety and the wholesomeness of that being, you know, presented that he's just this guy who likes the kids and he built a tree house and hangs out with them. And, you know, yeah, but well, and Ernest as a character himself is also just very childlike and whimsical. Yeah. And which I didn't, what I don't like is they call him dumb a bunch of times. I really yes. didn't like that. Uh, you know, it's very much 1990s and I understand that, you know, well, Heather, that's what it's about. I just, I don't like when anyone gets called dumb. I don't think right. it's, you know, because he's innocent and sweet and, you know, a bit naive, <laughs> a bit naive, but I wouldn't say that makes him dumb. He no. ends up, of course, being the hero at the end of it. Um, and I, I, I did think that, you know, for the nineties, for the special effects that were used at this time, the pace that it moved was really funny. Now I get where you make that booger. How about a bumper yep. sandwich, booger lips? Yep. How about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? <laughs> And then, like, he realizes at the end that it's not anger, it's love. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, <laughs> like, you know, and the bullies are all, like, everyone kind of comes around and, you know, is friends all of a sudden. And I do enjoy the woman that plays kind of, like, the witch or the... Oh, yeah, Eartha Kitt. Uh, yeah, she I actually know. played uh, Catwoman in the Adam West original Batman series. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. she was she was fun. Um, I definitely don't have the 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 touchy feelies that you do but I get why when this came out in the 1990s why it made so much money it made like something like a million 11 million dollars at the box office yeah which is crazy um, to me for which is a lot of money for an earnest film like this movie definitely didn't cost that um and I just think it's a fun little movie and I think it does have its piece in horror history especially in the 1990s and it's a good little kids film I don't know if kids nowadays would appreciate yeah. it but I do think there's some nostalgia with it and I do think it moves pretty quick and Jim Varney rest in peace um, gone too soon from this world yeah absolutely one of the one of my favorite childhood actors that the, like when he passed away just really affected me because i was just yeah. like because he was just such a kind soul yeah everybody and, and ever funny said. yeah like he was funny and his facial expressions were great and you're right jim carrey definitely got inspiration from him um how could you not with how jim carrey acts but i think jim varney was just very he was very sweet and i yes. think his his transfer between like the older lady to the army guy to whatever, like unnecessary completely in this film d- was not needed. 
Um, but I appreciate that he wanted to incorporate that because of his ability to. Yeah, but plus that's just that, earnest. Right? In every one that's, of his films, he does right. that. <laughs> it was just an earnest, which is such a 1990s thing too, right? Yeah. So very fun. Get, and it was released at the right time, October 11th, 1991, enough time to get kids watching it up to Halloween. Yep, exactly. And like, and it did definitely have a lot of uh, Halloween feels because you have like the Halloween, like, because it's a small town. So you got the like Halloween little town mm-hmm. party and like uh, the raffle going on there and people going trick or treating and in their costumes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it definitely had the feel of Halloween. And yeah, like you said, and like I was bringing up earlier, the new generation kids, yeah, won't probably like this. There'll be a few that will, but like if parents tried showing their children this movie now, I don't think they, they would probably just look at you and go, really? Like, yeah, it's, it's I think you know, it's like, a part of its time, dumb, right? Yeah, it was a part of its time, and that's okay. Sometimes you just have time capsules, but we have another one that I thought would be like that too, but it wasn't surprisingly enough. Yeah, this is one that kind of uh, pretty much can go in any time capsule, like, it's not just like from its time for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film that is though is Hocus Pocus from July 16th, 1993 which is a very weird year to, or very weird time to release. Yeah, this I don't type get of film. why they did that. Unless they were hoping to have a VHR, a, v, a v, VHS v, release. Yeah, thank you. Not VHR, but <laughs> VHS release for October. Yeah. Because I, I think I remember watching this at a Halloween party, like oh, what, yeah. as a kid. I like it that. was released by then and we got to watch it for like our Halloween party. Yeah, because I, I think I've seen this in theaters, if I remember correctly. Did you? Okay. Yep. But uh, the synopsis is three witches resurrect after 300 years to exact revenge and begin a reign of terror after Max, a young boy who moves to Salem with his family, lights a cursed candle of black flame. Um, So, yeah, this one obviously was a Disney film. Um, This is like definitely like the true family oriented Halloween movie. Like everyone talks about this film every year. Like it plays Mm -hmm. like it still plays in certain theaters around this time of year as well. Uh, talks of a sequel have been hyped up for many many years don't think that's ever going to happen but um there's a reason this film while made in the 90s just kind of fits like any time that you want to watch it like it just had like oh yeah it's not really necessarily a time capsule like this one like yeah there are some references and some acting that feel a little dated but when you have the performances of uh, freaking Bette Midler, mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker, and uh, what was her name? Kathy Nige, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, all three of them, just as the uh, Sanderson sisters, freaking just make this movie so good. And then, I mean, even, even the for kids. Us, yeah, even the kids did great. And for us horror fans, we have uh, the great costumed character actor, Doug Jones, playing Billy the Zombie. Yes. Oh my God. Billy the zombie. I forgot how great Billy the zombie was. I was really resistant about doing this movie because I hadn't watched it in a long time. I always see people's decorations up for it. I'm like, it's a fucking Disney film. I don't love Disney films. I'm an adult. Adults don't watch Disney films. This film came out when I was 10 years old. Right. And I don't Mm -hmm. think I've watched it since I was maybe 12. So it's been a long time and I was a hundred percent wrong on this film. It was one of the, like, I liked all the films we watched. Let me get this. Let me make this clear. I enjoyed all of them. Even Ernest Scared Stupid mm-hmm. was an enjoyable film to watch, but this film made me cry at the end. And I never thought in a million years that a Disney film would make me cry again, but this one did. And I love this film. I I absolutely love the background story. It's so fast paced for a kid's film. 
Yeah, very fast-paced. Like, it doesn't drag at all. All the scenes are funny. Even the scene where the three witches get on the bus and the comments that Bette Midler makes and stuff, oh my fucking God. Like, it's funny, the shit she says. Or then they go to the old actors, the, uh, the old man, and he, the devil, and they're like, oh, yeah. master, oh my <laughs> God. As an adult, is so funny. And Sarah Jessica Parker's character, and just like, when they're at the dance and they do that song, and Bette Midler, like, is such a good singer. Yes, beautiful um, voice. Right? And it's just, it's so much fun. It's just such a fun <laughs> film. The, I'm surprised how much they bring up his virginity in this film. Yeah, um, for a Disney film? Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't quite get that part, but that's okay. Um, it happens. I think, it's yeah. just, I think that's part of the whole baited part yeah, of the 90s. Yeah, Ryan is like, oh, he's a virgin. I'm like, I hope so. He's like fucking 14. Like, why? Right. <laughs> you know, why are we making this a big deal? He should be a virgin. That's just like, I mean, he shouldn't be out banging all these girls, right? But, or right. guys, or guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it's, it's just so much fun. The three witches and the dialogue that they have with each other. And, oh man, the costume design in this as well like the costumes that they're wearing and how it happens on halloween night and how they behave and you know the kids are great like they're fun and and the book is great the special effects with the eye with the book yes like oh my goodness and i love what a uh, great film. i love bet midler's just constant like baby talk to it like oh here i am here's mother and it's like all getting excited to see her like it's an like it's like a pet <laughs> and the black cat that talks i yes. remember that was a big thing in the 90s there was talking animals yep Sabrina they the teenage down. like it was all this shit where animals could talk and that cat was really great and that was a scene that i cried so at the end the cat was really a spirit that had been locked in because he was trying to save his his um, sister from the witch 300 years later. And because the the three characters, the three kids, so it's Allison, Max, and Danny break the curse. They kill the witches. Then he's set free and his little sister comes and I started fucking bawling because she's like, where were you? You've been gone so long. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> And that's saying something because you rarely cry. When no. And I was like, what am I? I told Scott I was crying. He's like, are you really? And I said, I'm lying. I just made it up. I'm not crying because then I was embarrassed and I didn't want him to know. That well, and heart- you know me, I wouldn't be picking on you for that at all. Like it actually made me I know. smile. You're, to not see a, that. you're not a bully like me, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know Scott would judge me. I was just being funny. But man, this movie, like, I don't even know what to get to. Like when they're, even when they're walking down the street and they're like, boiled in trouble and definitely <laughs> and like the way they're walking together and like i just love oh, it because it's like uh like they uh you know don't know about all this technology so like when the cars show up then sirens are going oh they God. freak out and run, they run. <laughs> or like he's like i call on the rains of death and it's a fire alarm and they're hiding and <laughs> yeah thinking the rain is like acid fire and <laughs> Oh my god it's so funny though the scene with the older gentleman i want to find out what his name is is it i think he's called maury but that's not his actual name it's gary marshall who plays the devil oh yes <laughs> master like it's just so fucking funny like i can't get past how funny that scene is and how he just um, like welcomes them into their house he's like oh sit down enjoy yourself have fun <laughs> and his wife's super pissed off that he's yeah. brought these three chicks in and sarah jessica parker just keeps on hitting on everybody and oh my gosh it's so great such a great film i totally take back everything negative i've ever said about hocus pocus it is a fun film today as it was in 1993 
Like, and they don't say anything that's overly offensive in it. Like right. there was nothing that stood out to me that was like, I can't believe they said that. Like the kid has his sneakers stolen. That would still happen today besides not having cell phones. And, but even then I didn't even think about it because I'm like, well, why would they use a cell phone to call their parents? Their parents are at the dance. They would just assume that their parents are. Yeah. Nothing would like, have happened differently. You know, they're having a good time. It's Halloween night and they're partying. They went there. They saw what a party it was. Like yeah, but there was, was nothing that really stood out to me of like, Oh, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it made sense now today. Yeah. And like this, just hearing this, like how much you're loving it just makes me so happy. And like, it gives me like that. Yes, I succeeded in like getting Heather oh, to yeah. watch this and she loves it. I'm so proud. Yeah, I was like, incorrect in my assumptions beforehand. Yeah, because this film, like it just like kind of like trick or treat. This film just feels like Halloween when you watch it. Like so it, good. It's so good. And yeah, like the perform I was so bummed. Um two years ago at the Capitol Theater in Flint, Kath, uh, Kathy Nige was actually at the Capitol Theater oh, hosting a showing of this movie. And I was so pissed because I could not make it because of uh, something that was going on. I can't remember what happened, but I ended up missing out on it. And I was so fucking bummed because I thought that would have been really cool to see. Well, I can imagine. And I I think they truly did like each other. Um, Yeah. You know what I mean when they filmed this? And I think that's really awesome that they they truly seem to get along the three ladies. And, you know, unfortunately, they're I don't know if they could reprise these roles now um just because they are older I, d- I don't know if it would make sense um right like you know, you know they're, I mean? they're still trying for it but like yeah i don't think i don't think this me- movie needs a sequel no. to be honest with you like i don't think rocky horror picture show needed a sequel like i think there's and again you know i know i'm this person that says sequels are fine but like if they did great nothing's wrong with that i just don't know if it's if it's needed for to continue right. on the story right that's all um I think you can just rewatch it, this movie and enjoy it. But hey, if they remake it and they do a redaptation of it, why not? You know, like yeah. I enjoy this one and maybe I won't like the remake or maybe I will. Who cares? Either way, these are four fun, fun, fun Halloween films for the masses that we talked about today. Um, all of them have a special place in our hearts. Maybe some a little deeper than others. I'm thinking of Halloween and Ern's Scared Stupid for Scotty and definitely uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show for me and Hocus Pocus. Uh, but yeah, really, really fun, fun films. Yeah, I'm glad we decided to do it this way and just talk about some films like that aren't necessarily truly horror, but they still like fit into that category enough. Mm-hmm. And it's just something fun we wanted to do. And I'm glad that we got to do this. Absolutely. Well, now, now we've come to the feature presentation. <laughs> oh, boy. I know people have been dying to know what Scott and I think. Of Halloween kills because Scott and I have been pretty quiet online. Yeah. We've made comments here or there, but we haven't shared our, our perspective. Yeah. Uh, Scott and I watched this movie within 24 hours of each other uh, last weekend. And I watched zero trailers going into this film. Scott watched all the trailers. Yep, every trailer. There was even a trailer that came out like a week before the movie came out. And I almost didn't realize it. And when I heard about it, I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to watch it because I want to have every trailer just to show me what it is in the film, just so we can have this discussion. And it's there. And we did this simply because of the debate between watching trailers and non-watching trailers. Uh, Both of us, I would say, had the same level of excitement for Halloween Kills. Neither one of us was more excited than the other. We both enjoyed Halloween 2018 and, you know, thought Halloween Kills would be great or, you know, at least entertaining. 
So I'm going to let Scott talk about his experience first with watching the trailers, all the trailers, and then what his initial thoughts were of the movie. All right. So um, when I watched the trailers for this, um, I would say like, because it shows, because uh, Heather, did you ever go back and watch the trailers after you watched the movie? No. Okay. But yeah, in the trailer, pretty much, especially the first trailer, they show a lot of the Michael escaping the house on fire from 2018 and the killing of the firefighters. And like it shows like clips of the hospital, clips of this and that. Like, but yeah, just basically what I got from those trailers is going, oh shit, there's gonna be a lot of kills in this film. This could be a lot of carnage. All right, I'm on board. Like again, like Heather said right away, like I go, I went into this still expecting, okay, this will be entertaining. When I seen there's a high body count, I'm like, hell yeah. I didn't change my thought process on if this is gonna be a great movie or not. Cause you know, kills are one thing, story is another. And they really didn't give much of an idea of the story, except there was going to be an angry mob. Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't going to be in the hospital. That was about the extent of the trailers. Showed some of the kills, which I could see as some people calling that spoilers, like showing like images of the kills. But my thoughts on the film itself. The trailer pretty much uh, gave me exactly what I wanted. And so did the movie. Like I went in expecting lots of like a high body count and a story that I probably was just going to roll my eyes at at some points. And sure enough, that's what I got. Like, it was a level of entertaining that I I enjoyed myself with it, or I enjoyed my time with it. But the trailer for me did not take away from my experience. Yeah, so I watched zero trailers. I had no idea. I knew Michael lived because there was another movie. I had no idea how he survived. I had no idea what the movie was going to entail. I had zero idea of how he was going to get out of that fiery basement and move forward. So spoilers ahead if you have not seen halloween kills and you're really worried about spoilers this is the time to shut off this podcast um i think that if i seen the trailers i would have been more disappointed than i already was i'll put it that way oh really yeah um i thought the movie was fine it was very much a bridge film between the original halloween 2018 or the most recent halloween and halloween ends Did I think it was a horrible piece of shit? No, of course not. It's not a horrible piece of shit. It's well-filmed, awesome gore. Um, How he got out of the fiery house and killed all those firefighters, I felt bad for that because I didn't know that part was coming. Okay, yeah. Right? So I felt bad for these firefighters who showed up and didn't know what they were fucking walking into and got massacred. That I felt, that was probably the most emotion I felt in this movie. Mine was uh, characters a little bit later on we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew that, Jamie Lee Curtis was hurt because I did watch the 2018 movie recently to be prepared for this one. So I did remember stuff from that one, which helped because I had to correct Scott on some stuff that he forgot about. Right. So I, I appreciated the hospital scene. I thought that made sense. I thought the open mic scene at the bar was the dumbest shit I've ever watched um Mm -hmm. sorry to everyone who thought that was brilliant i didn't think it was brilliant at all first of all what on earth would this fucking nurse be doing hanging out with people that would have been kids when this happened yeah it makes zero fucking sense like i understand trauma can bring people together but come on not with that big of an age gap yeah and hanging out drinking but like drinking like their best friends so she was a nurse which means she had to be at least 25 24 when mm-hmm. those kids were like six or seven. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here with that garbage. Um, I I did appreciate that they did a throwback where they tried to build on the 1978 one. 
Um, I didn't think that was unnecessary. And when they did the time lapse thing at first, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And there's no fucking way we're doing this right now. I thought it was fine. Uh, biggest shocker. I thought it was a hologram that played Donald Pleasant. Spoiler, it wasn't. They got an actor that looked like him and did his yeah. makeup to make him look like him. So bravo fucking movie, because that was incredible. Yeah, and they used um, the voice from uh, the guy that did Dr. Loomis's voice in 2018, and it blended well. Like, I was, because like you, I thought that was CGI. Like, I just I thought, thought it was okay. a hologram, like yeah. Tupac. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, oh, they got a hologram here. That's really cool. I had no idea it was an actual person. That was probably the best member berry for me of this entire movie. Yes. I really this film... respected the fact that they had a throwback to that character, right? Yes, because this film if you don't know, is loaded with member berries. Oh man, it's all member berries. But I really liked that part of it. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting thing. The flashback has grown on me. I also liked the opening scene with the firefighters. Like I said, I felt sad, but the gore in that was fucking amazing. Like that was beautifully shot, incredible. Yeah, the cinematography there is amazing. You know, it takes you back to like how this dude can't die, all this other shit, right? Um, the stuff that happens in the hospital was fine. Um, where I felt this weak spot was, was I don't know what fucking rock they dragged Tommy and Lindsay out from underneath for this fucking acting. I understand the guy that played Tommy isn't the guy that played him originally. It's Tommy, like it's some other dude that's been- Yeah, Anthony Michael stuff. Hall, who played in like Breakfast Club and stuff like that. Yeah, he wasn't that good. Um, I <laughs> The open mic night at the bar where he gets up and tells everybody the story again. I'm sorry. Do you do you really need to do that? Would that actually be a thing? Like everyone knows yeah. who he is. Or like, oh, Tommy, Tommy. So they all know that happened to him. Right. I, I just, you know, it's a big partying night and everything. And you're like, oh, it's been 40 years. We all get together. I, I could hear someone going, yes, yes, that would happen. For sure. Maybe it would. And I'm just, you know, a sourpuss. And I didn't like that part. But, you know, I didn't need to be told over and over again what happened in 1978. Like, I know what happened in 1978. Wait, something <laughs> happened in 1978? <laughs> I don't think the movie told us. Right. And then you have that husband and wife couple randomly or that are just, in, in, you know, it added to the movie for kills. So the, you saw the couple leaving in the first movie. It was the same people in the first movie that are leaving as Michael's walking down the street. Oh, before yeah. He goes, like, there was some, like, connection. And I appreciated that. Um, I like how Tommy chooses a baseball bat to beat up Michael Myers with. Why is no one buying, getting a semi-automatic gun? This is the fucking United States, for God's sake. So you guys have to get <laughs> right? your goddamn bed. Like, a baseball bat? What are we? What are we what's that movie? Warriors come out and play. Yeah. Like, what is this? Right? Fucking warriors? Like, honestly. So, yeah, they, like, I think what they were trying to do there is just represent the angry mob with torches a la <sighs> Frankenstein. But it was just like... I mean, we even have a woman with a freaking iron in hey, the mob. She was all like, I got my iron fucking hot and I'm going to freaking right. burn you with it. Um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy. So some other things from the movie, like I knew none of this. Okay. I didn't know Tommy and Lindsay were going to be in the movie. So did I appreciate it? Yes. Did I appreciate the nurse was there? Sure. I didn't buy that. They were all friends, but okay. And then Ronnie, you have to add an interaction that he had with him that never happened in 1978 to justify him being in the movie in, you know, 2000 and <laughs> 21 okay fine um you have to make up something that didn't occur in the first film okay um but i did enjoy the scene where they're in the minivan and michael attacks them yes. like how Lindsay gets out and is telling the kids to go home and they run away i did find that park scene really creepy and the kills there really awesome um i like how she used like a brick bag of a bag of bricks to try to fight him i thought <laughs> that was really cool i was sad when those characters died i was like ah fuck that's too bad like that couple wasn't really doing anything wrong they should have just gone home 
Um, any thoughts you have on anything I've talked about, Scott? Because I, I knew none of this, right? Like I went into it not knowing how any of this was going to go down. The old couple that gets killed, the fucking gore when he shoves the light through her neck. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I knew obviously all about the trailers. Um, I knew about the member berries being Lindsay, Tommy, Marianne, okay. and all those characters coming back because I read articles. It really wasn't explained like who the characters really were in the trailer. It's not like Scream 5 where he's like, I'm Tommy Doyle. Of course I carry a bat. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Sydney Prescott and I'm going to be in the fifth Scream. Sydney, it's an honor. (laughs) But uh, off ghost face. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I read articles leading up to because that was uh, when I joined Cinema Beef with Gary Hill. That was my beef was all right Ooh, we're getting this character back Ooh, we're getting this character back i don't give a flying fuck about these goddamn member berries like i don't i mean it's partly it's because i'm not a huge fan of the halloween franchise in general like yeah i really like two of the movies and i like part three which doesn't really deal with the timeline at all um so i didn't give a crap about the member berry nostalgia i can see why a lot of the fanboys fangirls just loved it and ate it up because like yeah. obviously if there was stuff like this for a new friday the 13th i may be saying something differently just because i'm a fanboy of that yeah absolutely so, like i have no issues there but yeah the way they did the fucking nostalgia to this was just way too in your face yeah. um and it was just like it literally what you know we use the term member berries because of south park remember when this happened oh I yeah remember. i remember remember halloween season of the witch three and they had those masks that you put on oh yeah i remember, remember? what if the kids were wearing those masks and then when we kill people the masks are put on them yeah right <laughs> it's like I, that like out of all of them that's the one i don't really mind that much just because it wasn't just like Hey, yeah, Halloween three. Remember, remember, remember. It I mean, was fine. Yeah, it was just it was something that was unnecessary. Much like Ronnie's story was unnecessary. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I get you. I get you. I think what stood out for me in this film, if I, if you know, we could go scene by scene. What I appreciated were the kills, the gore in this. Mwah. Like I know we talked about how great Halloween 1978 was because there wasn't a lot of gore and there was a suspension. This was just him fucking shit up for like two hours and i really did appreciate that um things Um, i didn't appreciate stupid subplots uh why do hmm. why are we now making up a love affair between maury and the sheriff that they went out to a bar one night and held hands and kissed why are they in the same hospital room together with their injuries um why was why is there all of a sudden a second mental instant mental patient that escaped from the bus yes we saw a whole bunch of them escape why are we now focusing on this one random guy that looks nothing like Michael Myers? But yet even, somehow the mob right? thinks it's Michael Myers. Like it was, it was dumb. <laughs> yeah, like, right? I'm sorry I, people liked that. That was, that was unnecessary for this movie. <laughs> I will say one thing about like, cause I felt that could have been completely cut from the film. Like, and it wouldn't have changed a damn thing. Yeah. Um, but I will say, like, when he is, like, trapped by the angry mob and he jumps out the window, that is a bit heartbreaking just because it's, like, just he's literally an innocent and getting killed. Well, we don't know if he's innocent. Right. Here's well, I mean, like, really, like yeah, I was going to say, but, like, what we're led, like, what we're left with but, to but see. in 2018, Michael Myers was in an institution asylum with crazy, horrible, dangerous people. Right. So if this guy was on the same bus as Michael Myers, he's probably dangerous. That is true. That is, <laughs> that is very true. But yeah, like that, that, like, like 
that scene, like, I just felt bad for the character, but at the same time, I didn't care for that scene at all, and it felt completely mm-hmm. fucking pointless and dumb, and uh, yeah. rest in peace to that actor, because apparently he actually died before this film came out. Oh, well, that's sad. That's actually yeah. more sad. Yeah. I just found that out listening to, I think it was Fresh Cuts was talking about it, and yeah, so rest oh, in peace sad. to that actor. I wish I knew your name, but yeah, sorry that this happened. Um, that's actually really, really sad. Yeah. Um, maybe look him up while I'm talking if you can. Okay, yeah. If you can, because right I think that's the saddest thing I've heard about that scene so far. Um, here's what I felt about this scene. I am glad I didn't watch trailers because the hospital stuff was completely pointless to me. Uh, the mob mentality was Tommy and uh, Lori's fault. I don't know how they've said it was Michael Myers' fault and how the evil has... No, this was their fault because they decided to get like this whole town riled up of evil dies tonight, evil dies tonight. And I think if they had just chased Michael Myers in the street with that mob mentality, I would have bought it more. Judy Greer trying to protect this random patient that came to the hospital... And this overly put in scene about this is the evils that can be caused. And I am somebody who likes political messages in my horror. I felt it was forced. I felt it was unnecessary. And it was an unnecessary subplot. Much like how I felt the subplot between Lori and the sheriff was (laughs) unnecessary. Though I did love how old Hawkins was there as the security guy at the fucking hospital. Well, I mean, I like I definitely had no problem with that. Was it Hawkins or Beckett? Sorry, uh, was it Sheriff Bra- Brackett. Brackett? Brackett. Sorry, Brackett was a fucking old school security. I love that. I that member Barry I thought was funny. See, I was gonna I say the Sheriff Brackett piece. thing. I really liked. I just wish. Uh, well, before I jump into it, the actor that passed away who played Tavoli, the escape patient. Uh, was named Ross Bacon, and he died May 16th, 2021. Rest in peace, Ross Bacon. Thank you for, you know, performing actually quite well. Like, he was a yeah. good actor in that film. It it wasn't his acting that was the problem. Right, exactly. Um, just the point of the, the whole plot. The point of um, the scene was just silly. But yeah, with Sheriff, Sheriff Brackett, that is like what I was going to say. The one member, Barry, I really liked because... I thought the way they just kind of brought him into the story, it wasn't just like, yeah. hey, remember him? He was he was just kind of there at the hospital whenever <laughs> they just heard. Man. He's like, my daughter's yeah. dead. That, well, I was going to say, that's the part that pisses me off, though. He he did not, they should have shown him when Michael Myers returns, like he has, should have gave him some emotion, like having a flashback to his daughter, Annie, dying. But instead, <laughs> they give him the goddamn, well, it's Halloween everyone's entitled to one good scare line to fuck to say to fucking michael Myers, fuck you I, that pissed me off so much it's like <laughs> we're gonna bring back a character that actually like suffered a traumatic experience watching his daughter die in his fucking hands and then you're gonna he's gonna see michael myers and reuse a fucking stupid line that shouldn't even be in this goddamn movie in the first mm-hmm. place fuck that that is bullshit i think with the trailer and I, I feel like from what you've told me, the trailer showed all the scenes that I probably liked and not the shit I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the two, Big John and Little John. I thought those actors were hilarious. I did think the line, and he stabbed her in the tits, was really funny. Well, and I was going to say, and though, uh, when you were saying uh, you felt bad for the firefighters, these are the characters I felt yeah, bad I for. Yeah, I felt bad for I them. wanted Big and Little John to live because I fucking love them. Unfortunately, they were doomed because they lived in Michael's house. Right. I, I did enjoy them quite a bit. I thought that they were great. I thought you had more time with them. Like, even with the old couple, you do have enough yes. time with them that you feel empathy for them. And I think that was really good parts of this film. The bodies that, the people that were killed in this, you had enough time with. 
even mm-hmm. if they were just there for the body count where you did like them yeah you know or you were hoping they got out like with that old couple i'm like fuck i hope one of them gets out and warns everybody right like i hope that's where this goes so i gotta give the movie credit for that um i think that it besides the hospital stuff and dumb lines like tommy coming up to the hospital room and being like Lori, you took care of me when i was a little kid and now i'm gonna take care of you was some of the dumbest stupidest shit i've ever heard that's where people criticize the writing here like some of it was great and some of it was just unnecessary yeah, because Lori, remember? I'm Tommy Doyle from the first movie. You took care of me. Remember? Remember? <laughs> and now I'm going to take care of you. Like, get the fuck out of here. And just, like, honestly, there were certain things where I was like, get the fuck out of your movie. Like, get the fuck out of here. Um, but other things where I, I really enjoyed it. I did enjoy the big gang beatdown at the end. I thought that yep. that was fine. Um, and I, I love, like, uh, I was going to say this from the beginning, pretty much any scene with Michael Myers in it. Yeah. That's amazing. the best way to word it. Any scene that had Michael Myers in it. Mwah, yeah, it was great. Beautiful. Great. All the fucking like piece together bar open night scene and random conversations in the hospital scenes and the sheriff that can't control anything scene. Like all that other shit was, was unnecessary. Yeah, completely unnecessary and just was added for filler or for yeah. member berries. Yeah. And like, you know, um, and the one thing, like, it wasn't a shock either, but I fucking called it Judy Creer's character dying at the end. Okay. And yet again, why did she go up and stare outside of the bedroom window? Can someone please answer that yeah. on our Facebook oh, page? My daughter's leg is basically broken and like the cops are right there. I'm just going to walk past them, go back in the house instead of being there with my daughter. And I'm just going to go into Michael's old or Michael's sister's old bedroom and stare out the window longingly just because we need a scene for this to just happen where I get stabbed in the back when Michael Myers wasn't even near the goddamn house in the after getting beat down. How did he sneak back in? Where? When? What? Here's <laughs> what the ending should... No, you're right. As I was listening, here's what I was thinking. Here's what the ending should have been. He should have been beaten. He should have been laying on the ground. Someone should have done a curb stop. By the way, Journey Greer fucking curb stopped this motherfucker and he's still going. Like, let's remember, she curb stopped him on the stairs. And yeah, somehow oh, he's right. still going. Yeah. Like, anyway, that's fine. It's it's Michael Myers and I can suspend disbelief. How it should have ended is there should have been a knife in his reach. He should have been facing down. His, he- his head should have been facing out. Music should have been playing. And it focuses on his face and his eyes open. And that's how the movie should have ended. Yeah. That's exactly how that movie. And then but- the second one, Halloween Ends, is him killing the mob. Yep, and then doing the time jump. And, and then not killing Judy Gear in the stupid scene. Yep. Well, I was going to say, you know out. why they did it, though. You know that, right? Just to give Lori even more fucking motivation to take him out, or give Lori and her granddaughter more motivation to take him out in Halloween ends. Like Here's they the needed thing. any We more don't motivation. even know if she's dead, because we thought the sheriff from the first one, right? 2018, was dead, too. But somehow he survived a neck injury. Um yeah. Right. So I, no one's ever really dead in the Halloween films. Um, yeah, no shit. Things that happened in the past that you don't even know about, they can make up now. We've shown that we can time travel and that we can just go back in 1978 and create things that didn't happen, which is fine. Yet again, I can forgive it for yeah, the Because we didn't follow right? Michael the entire time he was walking around in the 78 yeah, like films. He, so he, he could have ran into people. Of course, like that. right? He yeah. could have done all that stuff. That's fine. 
And here's the final thing about watching trailers. I think watching uh, the trailers for this would have disappointed me more. I don't think it would have taken away enjoyment from the movie. I think I would have just been like, God, this movie looks dumb walking into it. Because I didn't know about a lot of the hospital scene stuff or the member berry stuff, I feel like that allowed me to at least sit through it and be like, okay, you know, but it didn't change it for me. If anything, it, my rating probably would have been the same. I think I would have just felt a little more annoyed that I thought the trailer looked a lot better than the movie was. <laughs> um, that's yeah. honestly what I think would have happened. And unfortunately, I've already seen this the trailer for Screen 5. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know, I was watching the trailer for Scream 5 in the theater and um, I thought to myself, maybe I should leave because I've been trying to avoid, you know, I did this whole thing for Halloween Kills. Scream is one of my favorite franchises. Maybe I should leave. I didn't. Uh, there was a lot of people. It's hard to get up and around. I didn't want to get up. And uh, yeah, I don't, I, I think I couldn't be any more disappointed than when I see that film. I am not excited for Scream 5 at all. And I am, right. I am a Scream fan, but I think it is the most unnecessary film that they're making. I, I don't know why they can't leave it at four. I know why they want to make money and shit and that's fine. I'll watch it. Hey, and if you enjoy Scream 5, when it comes out, party on man, like nothing against you or anyone else. Like people love Halloween kills and it's in their top 10. I get why there's some awesome gore in this and the, and the writing in the entire thing isn't horrible. Like it's not, no. you know, it's just, but let's be there's real pieces clear. of it. And Dave C, this is to you. I understand your comparison between the burning and Halloween and the idea that people can't just shut off their brain and enjoy slashers. I think you make a really valid point there, but I, my only counter argument to that is you can't compare a movie like the burning that had a nothing budget comparably to something like Halloween kills and the expectations are higher. Right. So I think also, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. No, um, no, go ahead. You're passionate about this. I can tell, but I was gonna say, and and also just the fact that the burning was a one-off movie with no history behind it, where Halloween kills has a massive fan base because of Mm -hmm. all the movies before Mm -hmm. it. And There's not a all of movies are thing. good, right? Like, no. I, but I do agree with him when he said people just need to learn how to enjoy movies. And I think being overly critique, critiquing the writing on this isn't fair. I may have found some of the writing and the subplot stupid, but does that make it a bad movie? No, it doesn't. Some people probably enjoyed those lines. They probably were loved the fact that Tommy said, you know, Lori, you took care of me. I'm going to take care of you. That could be a natural thing that is said. Just because I didn't enjoy it doesn't necessarily mean that other people didn't. So I'm not about to go out and shit on other people's thoughts. But there is higher expectations for a film like this, especially made in 2021 or 2019, released in 2021, with the budget it had, with the access that it has like it has all the all the resources all the money to make it an excellent film and this film should have been a 10 out of 10 and I'm going to come in with my rating it was a 6 out of 10 for me floating between 5.5 and 6 um I'm going to say 6 for the gore which I'll say you know 6 is above average so it's still you know entertaining you enjoyed your time with it you just had issues and Yeah. yeah you know like and these are our own personal issues uh, what I am tired of fucking seeing is people saying this is the worst Halloween movie ever. I mean, yeah, you granted your own opinion, but just saying that without giving any fucking reason or the people that loved it so much that are trashing other people for not liking it. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. Can people just enjoy films for what they are and stop bashing people's opinions? If especially really if you have no reason. film ever, yeah, like it really isn't. There are way worse <laughs> like, films in this franchise. I don't understand how you could think Resurrections better than this movie. Right. And I joke about resurrection, you know, because I, or curse of Michael Myers. That sounds, oh, talk about a doozy to sit through. Fuck that. Yeah. Long and God. Right. Like, but so, like, it, it's like better than what? Better than Halloween Kills? That's fine. Or Halloween Kills or Halloween 2018. Like, what it, better than Rob Zombies? Which, yet again, I don't think Rob Zombies Halloween's are that mm-hmm. bad either. I've really come and turned to turn the tables on that one, turn my opinion around. I, like, I, yeah, I agree with you, Scott. I don't get how people could say this is the worst Halloween ever. I don't, yeah, I don't objectively, I don't think the film deserves that title. I don't think it's the best Halloween ever either. I don't think objectively that film deserves that title, but I, I think it's middle of the road. Yeah, I was gonna say, and like, I'm in gonna middle come of the in, road, and I'm gonna come in with my rating, like. As much as I bash on the member berries and all this stuff, anything that involved Michael Myers was excellent. Um, this would have gotten a higher rating for the if they had done fucking Sheriff Bracket a little better, because that really, really pissed me off. Like I don't care like that it's the character Sheriff Bracket, but if you're gonna bring in someone that's iconic from the franchise, at least give him something like emotional, because obviously he lost his fucking daughter to mm. this killer. When he confronts Michael Myers, have him get emotional and angry instead of just using this fucking throwaway line. I, I'm sorry, that just pisses me off so bad. Um, but yeah, I feel there was just some filler here. But all in all, I'm a little bit higher than you on it. I'm a 6.5. Like, it's enjoyable. I will rewatch it at some point because it's not one of the worst Halloweens and I do watch the ones that I have fun with and I did have fun yeah. with this. I recommend there. rewatching it before Halloween ends. It did help watching Halloween I'm going to rewatch 2018 before and this one. Kills before right. it ends just so I am refreshed on everything. And I'm not sold by the not watching the trailer thing. Um, I maybe will try it again. I should have tried it for Scream 5 but I was lazy. Um, I may try it for another big film that comes out not watching the trailer. Um, I didn't, I don't know. If, no, I did watch the trailer for Candyman. I'll definitely definitely try it again uh to see if it makes a different impact uh but so far i yeah i don't know it didn't didn't make a big enough impact to me i think my rating would have been the same yeah and i think like i mean yeah and i think the trailer watching the trailers for me gave me a level of expectation going into this yeah like where it i came out of it pretty much expecting what i expected so i was not disappointed i was yeah i have my issues but those are just personal critiques when we're trying to critique a film for what yeah. it is but yeah. you know it's a slasher film and like yeah we agree with you dave z like it's a slasher film have fun with it like you know don't judge it harshly like it's it's out there um yeah and it was i i was not disappointed i didn't feel like i wasted my money um i thought it the pacing of it surprisingly for being an hour and 45 was good like i wasn't like getting bored yeah so yeah like it seems like we have kind of hit the same spot when it comes to not watching trailers and watching trailers. We're still kind of in the same ballpark right now. Exactly. Right. It's um, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how this continues to go on, but I, I do think people are allowed to their opinions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're allowed to state, you know, I stated what I didn't like about this film and I, I have no apologies for that. I, I think some of the subplots were completely unnecessary and they added no value to the film. But I do think the gore and certain other things were excellently done. And I think the movie was a great bridge. It's a bridge yeah. movie that's connecting two other films, the first one and the last one, um, to the original. And, you know, they were fun, good times movies and props for, in, for releasing it around Halloween time. 
Yes, um, gives us all gave us all something to look forward to this month. And you know, obviously, this was a right choice because look at how much fucking money this thing made. Absolutely. So props to this movie. Congratulations on the money made. I think that's awesome. Um, and next time we will be, thank you to our, our listeners for their suggestions for topics. Oh, we'll yeah. definitely be exploring some of those. Uh, enjoy your Halloween night. I hope that all of our listeners have a fabulous time, whatever it is that you're doing. And Scott, do you have anything to add before we say goodbye? Um, just that I want to say, Heather, evil dies tonight. <laughs> tonight? Tonight. Evil <laughs> okay. dies tonight Scott, you were there for me when evil had to die i'm going to be there for you when evil has to die yes you want to create a mob yes we totally should absolutely All right. <laughs> so until next time everyone happy halloween safe uh safe doing whatever you end up doing for this wonderful season and unpleasant dreams bye